Welcome to another episode of the Christian Reeve Podcast. If you like this here show, make sure you leave us a review on Podchaser. Or, alternatively, if you're listening to the show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or elsewhere, please consider leaving a review and a rating. If you're checking out the Christian Reeve Podcast on YouTube, Make sure to like, share, and subscribe. Also, if you want to support the show, why not check us out on patreon.com slash christianreeve and get yourself exclusive bonus content and bonus podcast content. How about that? Okay, I've had my fun. But seriously, if you want to support the show, it really, really helps us out. So thank you so much, and thanks again for listening. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Christian Reeve podcast. Today's guest is a filmmaker, cinematographer, writer, and much more. His name is Giuseppe Abra. He's a good friend of mine. Welcome to the show. How are you doing? <laughs> I'm good, man. Thanks for having me. I'm really, uh, yeah, I'm really excited to be here. Yeah, I didn't skimp on my intros for my friends. <laughs> Everyone gets the same treatment. <laughs> nice. Uh, uh, I've been excited to get you on the show for some time. Um, and I, obviously I said this on camera, but like it's, it's a long time planning. Um, I plan to get you on, plan to get Dan on. And there's other people I have like in my peripheral I'm thinking about. And it's like, mm. I don't know, it's kind of strange. But like when I first started doing the podcast, you know, naturally you get people you know on like, you know, and I'd also yeah, get yeah. like strangers as well. And then I just didn't do that for the longest time. And now I'm kind of like, oh, no, why, why shouldn't I do that? You know, like, because... Yeah. I think I've established over the years that like I can have a conversation with anyone and especially anyone that's willing to have a conversation. Plus, mm -hmm. I don't know. I feel like there's a lot of stories here. I feel that there's a lot of stories we can tell within our industry and also just like the personal story, um, mm. which is something I really like to kind of try to get out of people with the recent rebrand of the podcast. It's basically I'm trying to position myself as the interviewer, mm. the, the right. interviewer. Um, that's an attempt at branding. I don't know. Cause I've never really been able to figure out what the branding for this show is other than life stories, big discussions and everything mm. in between. So branding's hard. Branding's hard to get right. It takes, it takes a lot of trial and error. I think. Did Any you have, way? do you have like a particular way that you approached it with uh, your company? Cause obviously you, you were doing commercial um, cinematography and stuff like that for some time. Mm. Uh, so how long did you do that? Actually? Um, so I did that. Well, I've, I realized when I sat down, I've got the mug here. I've got our like company mug. Okay. Uh, nice. Um, so we had that company. Well, it's still running. My friend's still running it, but doing, I did that for, um, five, just over five years. Um, but I guess I did, I did that kind of, that kind of work, commercial work like that for, about seven in total because basically i i left college when i was uh like just turned 19 i think or 18 no 19 um and when all my other friends went off to uni and uh and and did whatnot you know film or otherwise i um i basically just didn't want to be in education anymore so i kind of ummed and ahmed and um i like didn't really know what to do for a few months and then I, I went I went traveling for a bit, which which helped. Uh which sounds really like really wanky. Like, oh, I went traveling, there's like gap yeah. But like Hey, hey, oh. it does, man. I think it, <laughs> it does. they say it, it travel broadens the mind, as they say. Yeah, yeah, it, it helped a lot. Um and 
uh yeah then so basically i just got back to the uk i was like right what do i do I don't have a job not college anymore and uh i just was like well i'm gonna give you know give being self-employed a go and uh and just see if that works and um and so so technically i did that for like a year while still living at my mum's house um so i could i could like trial you know being freelance and being self-employed whilst not really having any bills to pay which is nice um and then and then moved to manchester and then like later down the line set up the company so that was a long way of saying i did it for about six seven years but how did you brand it how did you go about getting that work because i know that you did a lot of work for example like you do video packages for say like a school or something like a, mm. maybe like a hello it's the open day da, 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 da. so you do like drone shots and you do like i don't know i guess like panning shots and stuff like that yeah um, interviews that kind of thing like how did you go about getting your business um at the start it was very much a case of of just calling in favors mm. just um just like saying to people that me and my business partner at the time knew um like our old college tutors um were, were some of them uh friends family members um yeah, the the nice thing about you know just having a good circle of people around you is that you do stuff like that, and that people you know your family and your friends are like, oh well, let us know if we can help. Um, so so at the start, it was very much you know um, getting small jobs um, from from those kind of contacts, and then I think that kind of sets a kind of a, a good bar. We kind of got a good, I don't know, five or six kind of. Um, pieces of work that we could then you know it kind of basically just like slowly snowballed from that and um it, there was obviously there was like it wasn't all like instant there was a lot of false starts there was a lot of like there'd be like a period of three months where we'd be like oh wow we're really busy this is great we've only just started and then it would like be dead for like a few months uh like i remember we went we went and worked in a in a canning factory um like just as temp work because we were just like well, we just need some money Oh man, uh, yeah. and uh, but like so, you know that sort of stuff. Where it would like stop and start and stop and start, but then like eventually we we kind of through the it was it was basically just all through contacts that we that we had professional or not, and just as we did more work, it would just the contacts would slowly start getting like a bit more professional, a bit better, and, and you know, and after like a a year or so, we weren't taking work from like. We were we weren't having work that was like given to us by like you know by like my gran going oh my friend you know <laughs> has this thing and she knows this person and uh, yeah. so it was not the, the the kind of the way we branded ourselves other than not at, like the logo and stuff but like the work that we did was never really it was never really an, an intentional decision to be like this is the kind of work we're going to do or this is how we're going to kind of market ourselves as like you know this is the sort of stuff we do it was just it was just from from getting that kind of work initially which we went well this is this is working and we can clearly do this and people are clearly responding well to it so um we just kind of went from there i know exactly what you mean because like i mentioned before i sort of joked about the fact that like with branding of what i'm doing it's it's tricky and i think the the reason why is because it kind of changes all the time Mm. you know what i mean like with, with what you were laying out there you know first it was like calling in favors and then it becomes like 
you know you get a few gigs and you're like oh we've done a few gigs like this now maybe this is our thing and then yeah. suddenly you get something that's a bit left field and it kind of challenges yeah. you and you're like oh and then and then the kind of opportunities and like the way you visualize what this thing is changes and you're like oh maybe it could be this maybe it could be this and so on yeah. and so forth totally and and also sometimes you try something and it doesn't work like right. we tried um you know the, a classic thing that you know <clears throat> probably hundreds probably thousands of people do uh in the kind of the videography cinematography game is is like wedding work mm, and, uh, we tried commitment. yeah we tried our hand at like wedding videography for a while and, and again that that sort of came out of a friend of matthew's saying like you know oh no you just start this business we need a wedding videographer you know can you come do it for us and so obviously they're looking to pay a bit less but we're looking for for work and develop a portfolio so it kind of works both ways so like yeah brilliant great so we did well matthew did one of those and then i did one and then it basically we, we got like a few weddings under our belt um in the first year or so and uh we we were like we can um we can kind of like brilliant let's let's get on top of this let's try and like start you know not not exclusively marketing ourselves as like a wedding video business but we thought this isn't like an it's all about different avenues to kind of go down we thought here's one we'll explore this and we went to a, a wedding fair um, wedding fair yeah so there's there's basically like um like you'd have a careers fair in a school or a college where like businesses come in oh. and basically like are trying to sell themselves and say hey yeah, come on yeah. or come and do an apprenticeship at our business you know interesting good for them it's essentially that idea, um, but everyone who every kind of side of every business side of a wedding will go to a wedding fair and try and sell their service. So caterers, um, oh, of course, you know, yeah, 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 yeah. Who, you know, I don't know what they're called, but like people who make the wedding dresses, mm -hmm. uh, event organizers, um, and you know, then people like us. So we went uh, to this wedding fair and had like our own stall. We put loads of work into it. We had like. You know, there's, you know, there's big banners that fall down into little cylinders, but you get them up and then... And oh, I always have trouble, like, with those because they slap oh, yeah, down. Yeah, and they're like, like, yeah, <laughs> they're always like, yeah, and they're expensive for what they are. Um, we, but we, we, like, had a, we had two of those with our, like, branding, like, with our, like, package deals on. We had, a, we had like, a laptop set up of, like, our previous work. That's sick. Um, it, it looked pretty good, actually. I got a photo somewhere. Um, but we... And we paid a, you know, you pay a certain amount to be there with the view of, you know, making that back in how many commissions you get. Uh, and and we got none uh, <laughs> from that. And so I think we did like another couple of weddings later down the line because yeah. they just sort of popped up. But we we kind of fairly quickly like abandoned that, trying to like market ourselves to that audience yeah i want to quiz this a little bit i mean did i hear that right before as well you said that they paid a little bit less um i think the initial yeah they're like the initial person um, oh okay okay well you like asked her, but more of more because of what i was talking about before where you yeah. know you set up like someone look at someone's about to get married they're looking for a you know someone to film the wedding but then they're like oh well my family friends just started this thing so that you know right, right. like they can pay less than like you know a, a proper professional 
Well, I guess the way I'm looking at it, because I just want to quiz your brain about wedding, like shooting yeah. weddings for a bit, because I just think this is fascinating from a work yeah, perspective. Because so <laughs> obviously a lot of the gigs that you do, like you show up to a venue, you get set up, you do the stuff, you know, you, you throw the shit in the car and leave, right? Yeah. Whereas yeah. a wedding, I mean, fuck me, you're there all oh, day. Man. Like, because that's the thing, you get there and I presume they want to get the ceremony recorded. So you're there yeah. for the ceremony and like everyone wants to get married probably in summer so you have to wear a suit you have to see so a higher out suit yeah. then you film you get up early go to whatever location it is film all through that and the ceremony i mean okay some people get it quick which is great some people like to have the full like two hours of just endless hymns and endless yeah. just you know sweating in a in a church <laughs> i'm just thinking of my auntie's wedding when i was like 10 years old we were all dressed in suits and boiling in like in the middle of summer oh like, dude layers. it was the worst like yeah. i was i was happy she's getting married like you know brilliant but i oh, man was i suffering <laughs> yeah <laughs> like i'd be but like this, if i ever get married i'd really love it to just be a quick like do you i do do you yeah do i love you i love you all right great we're married <laughs> and then let's go party let's get yeah fucking hammered you know what I mean? like, and, uh, so you do that and then obviously it's photos and everything and filming yeah. that and then boom you go to the party my point with this with laying this out is that your work day must mm. be insanely long it, for a it wedding is. It is, yeah. I mean, everything you were saying just there was—I was just like nodding and smiling because you're <laughs> completely right. It's—it's it's exactly all those things. It's—it's a—it's an insanely long day. It's—it's <clears throat> it's extra hard work because um, there's there's so much to capture, mm. and also with 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 most of it, aside from like the guests mingling about and stuff, because there's always there's loads of footage of that. For most of it, you've only got one shot, like. You know, in in basically any other piece of work aside from like an event, you can basically just, you can go up to someone or you can go up to f- a few people and say, "Sorry, guys, can you just do that again?" Because I just <laughs> yeah. you can't go up to like the you, you know you can't go up to them in the middle of the ceremony and go, "Sorry, can you just you said I do, but can you just say that again?" Because I need to go over there and get that from like a white like you can't. Do that. <laughs> Can you just say it in a more convincing manner for me? Yeah. Yeah. Can you just get, and actually can everyone here? Can you all like act as if they haven't said it yet? And that doesn't work. So so it, it's like there's a lot of pressure on you because obviously it's someone's really special day. So you don't want to be responsible for for fucking it up. Um but but yeah, it's it's insanely long, you know, with a few exceptions. Generally, like the longest one that I had, I think we were there from like half eight in the morning. Um, because you've got the bridal prep, you've got the oh jeez, uh, yeah, I forgot about that. And, and the groom. I mean, usually there's more. There's more for the bridal prep. Um, the groom's just like getting together with his mates. Um, there's there's like everything leading up. So like the, the the longest one we did was that. There was like they wanted um uh there was they had like an like it was a lovely idea. Like they wanted um uh like shots of of them like walking down this country lane, going to somewhere where like from like the, the bride's um, like childhoods uh, and like, she was like with her, with her family. And it was, it was all really lovely and it's all really great ideas. But um, there was that, there was um, 
there was like going there was basically everything going to the venue and then there was the actual ceremony which is which is obviously long and then you've got there's and then in between that there's mingling of guests um because you've got to get like the 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 bride like arriving but like from their point of view so it's kind of like coming down this track and then we're going wow wow look she looks amazing and then you've got um let's just interject for a second so basically because obviously as you just laid out there a lot of the time you have to um you, you only get the one chance so you yeah. have to do a lot of guesswork as far as where's the best place for me to film this oh yeah completely yeah and it's rare that you get a recce as well because mm. um because it's such a long day and there's so much involved and usually the person the people want several edits um of you know so they want like a highlights reel they want the full ceremony they want the speeches they want you know, blah, blah 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 so normally what you're what you're um it just comes down to cost and normally what what they're paying is is so much that you you know if you say to them oh actually can i i need to go and do a recce of everything to figure out where the best shots you know where's the best place to be um so that'll take me half a day and i'm gonna do that two weeks before so can you pay me for another half day they're gonna go no because they're already because i mean they've already spent however much on i mean weddings are insane you know and generally in my experience um the the videographer um is uh and, and i don't know if this is maybe this is not normal maybe this maybe we just kind of got the short end of the short end of the stick but short end of the stick short end, short straw whatever basically we kind of always seem to get hired quite last minute mm -hmm. um so you know the couple have already spent most of their budget and so when it came to hiring us, it was always very much like, oh, we've only got this amount of money. So it was always part of our job to like figure out what we could, you know, like what we could do for what they had. And it wasn't it wasn't ever like, you know, nothing. But I got I got to quiz you on this, man, because we've obviously established that it's a long day. There's all this set up. There's all this yeah. shit you have to do. Right. But I won't ask you for numbers, but. I can give you numbers. I, I can, you know. Was I it what? Uh, what I want to ask was, was it worth doing? Because I imagine in my head, like at least a twelve-hour day, probably more. Yeah, you're running around. You know, let's face it, you can't really get drunk or have a good time. You know, because you got film everything. Yeah, <laughs> you can you can sneak you can sneak a couple in. It depends. depends. You can. <laughs> it's risky it, though. <laughs> it's so it's so dependent on. I'll answer your question, but it, it's it's so dependent on on who you get because like one wedding I did was for um like a friend of a friend kind of he was like oh. um he was like someone that I knew a little bit um wouldn't really class him as a friend I guess but he but he's a really lovely guy and it was basically like a friend of his and um and so that wedding was they were really chilled out the bride and groom were really lovely um. And they would they kept like coming up to us and saying like are you guys okay is there anything you need uh, looking after us which is amazing because it's their special day and they've got all their family and friends around them um and then towards the, and then i remember like at the end of the day um they were like oh uh we because we, we only had to they only wanted like their first dance filming and then that was it they didn't want any of like um because a lot of time people will want the first dance and then obviously because that's important but then they'll want like all the family everyone dancing everyone getting pissed and smashed and blah blah and you know having a good time this yeah. this couple were like we don't want that we just want the first dance and we're not first and at the end they they came up to us and were like you know thank you so much you've been great um feel free to stay for a couple of drinks if you want um 
uh, you know, and basically they were just like, just, you know, if you want to head off, no problem, but also stay and like have a bit of a nice time. Um, and so I remember that one, we stayed and um, I went up to the bar and, and the guy who like, again, it was quite early on in my business, the guy who like got me the work, mm. um, the guy I knew was like, oh, mate, I'll buy you a drink. And, you know, like had a couple of shots at the bar. So like that, you know, it can happen like that. It, it It's entirely because a wedding so personal, it just entirely depends on the people. This is what I wanted to ask you about as well. Is it because I know you're a professional, so I know you would deal with this well anyway. But like, is yeah. it weird working at an event that's so personal? Because obviously, you must constantly be aware that like everyone here either knows each other or is aware of each other, etc. You're, you know, a worker at this event. You know, I mean, I guess maybe it's the same as like if you're doing catering at such an event or something like that. Like, you just don't think about it. But I just because yeah. obviously you're so, you know you're dressed like one of the guests you're involved with it you're you know you're going around you're trying to interact with people to get good reactions and stuff yeah. like what does that feel like uh, that's a good question i it's i guess it it's it's both not too strange it's not it's not too dissimilar from other jobs mm. but at the same time like you said that there it is different because like so it's it's not too dissimilar because, you know, you're always the odd one out at any event you go to. You're always the one running around with the camera. You're always the one that people are kind of looking at and, and stopping and trying to get them to take shots. You know, trying to get you to take shots of them. Um, oh yeah, I suppose you're, you're welcome, don't you? Yeah. Yeah, like you're always the one that's you're always the one that's like not there to enjoy the event. You know, you're there to do a job. Uh, so like on that front it's it, it's it's kind of just like any other piece of work but i think it's more just the added pressure of like you know that you know you know that you've only got one shot and you know that uh there's oh actually that's now that's another thing is that there's p there's like specific people to get shots of as well mm. can't just so from like from my point of view and I'm sure most people who do this kind of work in any job I go to, I'm always basically like editing as I go along. Interesting. Um, okay. Not, not, not literally, but like in my head, I'm like, I've got like a, a list of all the shots to get. I was going like, to ask, do you have like a piece of paper or do you just like run it through your mind? No, or, it's, yeah. it's, it's all, it's all in my head. Um, because I, I know what I need to, to make a, a project work. So I'll know all the shots that I need to get. Um, and I'm like not not completely methodically. I'm not like you know, I'm, I'm not like Rain Man or, or yeah, or like <laughs> you know, it's it's more like I know all the like I need establishing shots. I need I need you know close ups of these people. I need some close details of hands and like what people are doing. I need you know gimbal shots. I need some going through. I need X Y Z blah 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 blah. And then along the way, there'll be like extra things that pop up that will never inevitably kind of make it unique to that thing and make it special but i've always got a, a list and so whenever i get a shot i'm kind of editing like i can see how that will work in my head like in the edit i can picture it being put together um but on on top of that in a wedding you've always got to get specific people so i can't just go into the room and be like right i've i've got to get uh four wide shots uh, 10 close-ups of faces and five close-ups of like people's hands. It doesn't matter who the hell I just need to get 
some nice shots in a in a wedding you know the like the couple have said oh um we you know you've got to make sure you get my aunt my uncle my mum and my dad oh and also you know their cousins that are over there and they've also got two little kids and you've got to get them because they're really cute and also my grandparents because you know they're like they've been waiting for me to get married for ages and also you know so there's like you've got another like another list and then that's like a top priority because it's really important to like the individual person it's not like you're trying to appease some big company it's like no this this specific person has asked me for this and this is a film for these two people so i've i've got to get it was there any times when you like really fucked up or missed some big stuff or anything just crazy that happened at the weddings that just kind of threw you off maybe um <laughs> there's definitely definitely a couple there's i think i think there's one i think there's one of the speeches at one wedding where um uh like because you mic people up that are like important oh. to get yeah but then you can't go and like interfere with their mics halfway through and i think i think we it's one of those things we didn't realize until afterwards that one of like halfway through i think it was like maybe the, the, the bride's dad or something um his like mic packet died like halfway through the speeches uh and you, we just didn't realize until the edit because you know you do you get they do the speeches you're there for however long filming from like the other side of the room and then you you know they give you the mics back and you put them in your pocket or in your bag and then you go and film the next thing because you've caught you're constantly moving there's there's never like right let's sit down for 10 minutes um so we just didn't like i remember we didn't have time to just check and go like oh that's not works and if any even if we did have time we couldn't do anything about it we can't say yeah can you all do that hour-long speech again so uh yeah like getting back so getting back home or wherever and like looking at the footage like a week later and going oh fuck we're missing like a whole hour segment of from like one person so i think we had to like whoa this guy was talking for an hour well like on and off because it's it's you know it's like bits and bobs here or there um, oh, like the speech has gone for an hour and there's different people talking but oh, yeah, i was gonna be, say it's that one guy oh, was it like a stand-up show yeah <laughs> just taking the limelight um i think we had to use the like onboard mic from our cameras which is you know which is what those are for like you always have a backup you always have backup audio but it, like it just sounds a bit shit and i think we just basically just had to apologize and say like, i'm really sorry there's just nothing we can do about this uh that's i mean generally i think well, one thing i want to touch on with regards to this question is like we established before like how intimate the situation is and how often people are trying to get your attention you know yeah. and like oh hey film this film this and like you know they probably a lot of the time forget that you're there right yeah, so then there must be the instances job. where people are just doing some outrageous shit because they're drunk and you're just yeah. like let's film this shit <laughs> oh definitely yeah absolutely it's it's a real it's a real skill to uh to be able to kind of like film stuff without people noticing you uh <laughs> i mean that's kind of the like that's one of the nice like it's one of the things about doing events is you kind of get this skill of being able to you've you've got to kind of be a fly on the wall and blend in you know to the background quite a lot because like you, yeah you do need to get shots of people without them realizing because as soon as uh, most people as soon as they realize there's a camera on them they kind of mm. you know they're doing something crazy and they see you and they're like yeah you no know, and you're like fuck no don't know like it was good um 
but also like some you've got to you've got to so you've got to be able to do that but you've also got to be able to kind of get into the mix and kind of and kind of like you would i guess in like bar work you know if or in like a restaurant where you kind of you've got to sometimes even if you don't want to you're not in the mood you know kind of interact with drunk people and like be on their level you know and, and be like yeah great oh wow yeah you know and try and, and like egg them on because yeah i was gonna say like you because you, you must be stone cold sober you have to be pretty yeah, much yeah. and then yeah they're all like massively that must be like kind of alarming at times it's it's more it's more just tiring honestly <laughs> it's you know it's it's not really it's not it's never really alarming because i think no one's ever really done anything stupid or yeah. um yeah no it's it's more just like uh you know i've got to i've got to be you like everyone's getting pissed and having a party and it's a lovely event and you more than anything you want to well a you want to go home but also <laughs> you're like i want to join in this is really fun yeah. uh and be and be like I've got to be here for another three hours, you know. Um, so more than anything, it's it's just kind of a bit exhausting because everyone's like on another level, and you're the only one that's not. And but you've still got to like maintain level of quality and get good work. So it's never it's never really yeah. It's always just tiring. It's I mean I've I've done work in clubs as well. Like I've I've done club filming, and that's, that's what is that like? That's scary when you've got equipment because that's. Um, how do you film people worse. clubbing? Like, how does that work? <laughs> Please do tell. <laughs> um, film it. It's it's interesting because you've just got to be, you've got to be a bit of a dick at times, or you you've got to be prepared to be a bit of a dick, I guess. Um, oh, sorry. In, in the people are largely very pissed, um, yeah. and. Uh, you know, I've had people come up to me and try and like, yeah. In any in any event, you get people coming up to you and being like, "Oh, mate, come and film this, take a picture of this," and you kind of got to go, "Yeah, all right." You know, you do that for like ten seconds and you go away. But in clubs, you know, um, again, not everyone, but like some people can just be a bit more persistent and be like, you know, do this, and you're like, "No, no, sorry, I'm doing something else." Like you're in the middle of getting a shot, and they're like, "No, no, do like do this," like you know, try and get you to do something. You've got to turn around and be like, "No, fuck off," um, wow. like. I remember there was a guy I was filming in a club uh, and every, I think like every half an hour or so, these, um, these girls in like, um, I was going to say bikinis, not, not bikinis, but like almost like, like, kind of old, like... almost like, like old line dancing, like 1920s kind of line dancing. Oh, wow. Oh, okay. Interesting. Um, we like top hats and stuff. These girls would come out in these sparkly, whatever these things are called, <laughs> call them, um, with like trays of tequila oh, shots. Right, and yeah, the club yeah. would play the tequila song, you know, da -da 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 -da. and these girls would like walk around the club in like a line and like people would just take these shots. Um, and it, cause it was always like absolutely rammed um, and we had to get like different angles. They had this bar that was just like, a rectangle it was like a, an all like you could people could access it from all sides so there's always like seven eight different bartenders at any one time like certain people drinks it was always it was all a bit mad um and so the only way to get these like some of the shots was like to climb on top of the bar and we got permission from like the club you know and the, and the bartenders knew we were like gonna do that so i would just make sure i had a clear i had like a clear spot 
Yeah. And I wasn't getting in anyone's way. And I, I just like hop up onto the bar and stand above everyone, and, like get some cool shots. And I remember this one time I like, um, I knew it was about to happen because I could, the music started playing. Um, and I was like, right, okay, about to get up onto the bar. And this guy would like next to me was like, oh, mate, can you, can you like do something or film something or whatever? And I, and it's also really loud. So you're having to shout everything and people can't hit, you know, like in a, you know, when you're like, asking a bartender for a drink and they're like, what do you want? And you have to go right into their ear and like, you know, I want blah, blah, blah. Yeah. So like it's, it's, it's just instantly more intense because of that. Mm. And this guy like grabbed me and was like, um, like, can you film this? You know? And I was like, no, no, sorry. And he, and he asked me again and I was, I just went, no. And like started climbing up onto, onto the bar and I had like one leg on and I was like holding a camera in the other hand. Oh, and wow. he like grabbed me and like tried to like pull me back and so I just had to just like like hit him with the like not hard but just like kind of like not thump him but you know I just like pushed the camera into him and just like fuck off and like went up onto the bar and then carried on. Wow! It's, you just get people like that, you know, and you and in that moment you kind of can't. I'm not saying it's. I'm not saying you have to hit people and you have to yell abuse. No, them. but I, no, I understand. You've got to read the situation and kind of just like, deal, you know, there's a certain way you can deal with it. And Well, I, th- I think the fundamental there is just that, like, what gives you the right to, like, just randomly start touching someone and grabbing yeah, someone. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, in any given context, like, yeah. it's just not okay. I mean, I understand, you know, people are having a good time. They want to get you to film it and stuff. And, you know, that's partly your job. But then you also have to use your your brain as well, like, you're quite clearly there for commercial purposes. If it was like a a part, like, do you remember when you were at uni, right? And there would be people that would walk around and take photos, like in the, do you know what I'm talking about? Like you get not really oh, like, messed like, up like and like, yeah, like yeah. that's yeah. a bit different. That's exactly what that's for. But I would have imagined you would have been dressed up quite nicely and you're doing your thing. And like, it's quite clear that you're there yeah. to do like a commercial job and it's not like, yeah oh, I'm here for your entertainment kind of thing. Oh, yeah. But even still, like, that's... I think people, it's it's so it's such a grey area because when, when people are drunk, they, you know, they don't, they see a camera and they kind of just think sure. like, oh, cool, I want I want a photo of myself. Even even if it doesn't make any sense because I love it when people are like, oh, I'll take a photo. And then <laughs> you click and they're like, yeah, cheers. And then they walk away and you're like, do you want to, like, how are you going to see that? Like, you don't, you don't have my details, I don't have yours. <laughs> But they just want the photo taken. Um Weird. and sometimes yeah, sometimes I'm like, oh, can I have a photo? And I'll go, no, I'm doing video. And they go, photo, and then you just so even though I'm recording, <laughs> I just hold up the camera for a few seconds. Like, <laughs> just pretend. Oh, yeah, got it. And they're like, hey, and they walk away. <laughs> yeah, club, oh works, club works difficult. It's very it's intense, it's tough, it's it's again, it's long, it's loud, it's it's you're the only one that's sober. Um, was it always events like that where you had to kind of give an idea of a flavor of like this is what this experience would be or was there anything else um with with that kind of work no it's always just like you know we want to show off the clubs like we want to show off you know what a night out you know at our place is like you know Mm -hmm. it's just it's just about selling their services and their venue um but it's, it's weird work yeah. Any any outrageous behaviour that you came across? It's a club. If if there wasn't going to be at the wedding, there must be some outrageous stuff at a club. 
Yeah, I mean, the guy trying to pull me off the bar was definitely a standout. Um, <laughs> it was a highlight. <laughs> yeah, there was one. Oh, there's this one really weird club, um, and I I think I can mention them by name because they they got shut down um, a few years ago. But I mean, regardless, basically it was this club. Um, it was this place called Toy Box, and their their whole thing was basically, yeah. It's weird. The club's whole thing was basically like, like it sounds so weird to say out loud. What, like, before you say anything, I feel like this can go either one or two ways. Either yeah. one, it's a place that has lots of like actual toys, like you know, like play pens and shit for <laughs> adults, yeah. or it's somewhere that has a lot of mature adult stuff. <laughs> so you're you're sort of you're. You're more. You were more right with the first guess. It's, mm. it's, it's really weird to say it loud. The idea basically was like kids like toys, like teddy bears and stuff, but like sexy. Oh, uh, <laughs> uh, what? Like which just yeah, which is just weird. It's just like I remember hearing about it. We got the job through someone else, and I remember just instantly been like ooh that makes me uncomfortable i i don't like this um so the and the main thing that i remember from it is that they'd have this guy dressed in like a teddy bear outfit he was um i think he was he was i, ch- I remember chatting to him in, in the in the other way a cigarette <laughs> yeah he was oh well, this <laughs> he, was, he, was really, he was a really interesting guy he was um I think he's, he he said that he was like legally classed as a dwarf, even though he didn't technically have dwarfism, because he was like, hmm, it's like a legal definite. He he was like having a laugh about it and saying he basically he'd worked on Star Wars, he'd worked on wow, uh, Jurassic. No, was it Jurassic? Oh no, it was something. He'd worked with with Spielberg. He'd worked with a bunch of people. Like he'd been in Ewok. Um, basically, he'd been like any t- any time that. A movie needed you know people kind of of that size i think it was like like four foot and under or like like five foot and under or something like that yeah um he he was like in his sort of mid 40s he'd been in this for quite a while um and so he said that that's the kind of work that he did uh in like that's like like peak season that's that yeah. was but then off off season he would just pick up other bits of work here and there that needed small people and one of um those pieces of work was this so he was you know i'm not, I'm not a tall guy i'm five foot four he was kind of maybe just i can like, i can picture it yeah he's probably yeah. T- but but that's almost kind of weirder to be honest because when you said big like teddy bear i was imagining a guy in like an eight foot teddy costume but you're talking uh, about an actual sized teddy that's really weird yeah so i'm imagining not... like ted like seth mcfarlane ted walking running around in the club right. like yeah it, it, was, <laughs> it was kind of it wasn't quite that small but he was he was probably yeah. like, on his shoulder maybe maybe a bit like half at my arm mm-hmm. and he he had this big you know the suits where you like um they've got like an electronic pump and they kind of inflate you kind of plug yourself in and they kind of go and they like oh, okay. made them like a bit like fatter. It was like one of those. Oh wow! So he's in this big teddy bear outfit, and he had to kind of like plug this pump in and like inflate it for like five minutes. Um, so he was like round, like a kind of classic teddy bear. And they had this massive head that he'd like put on, 
and then he'd um he'd kind of we'd have to because he, he was like like any kind of big costume that you hear about from like a, a movie he only had like very very partial vision in it so he could he like he already couldn't see very well and he was in a club which is has got flashing lights and it's dark so Jesus. we would have to like guide him out with a screen room and he basically had a circuit he had like a set path to go around the club and basically his job was to just go and like go out as this teddy bear and just dance and of course drunk people uh, turn around and see a, a life-size well you know a four-foot teddy bear dance and they're like what the fuck and so people would like come and like dance with him and like have mm. pictures and like that was the kind of one of the the main things is like yeah, he would just go and dance with people, and we'd um, basically have to go out and like follow him around. And he'd do it a few times a night. So the first few times I remember, we'd like we'd stay with him the whole time, um, and then like after we got enough shots, we'd like just dip in and out and get stuff here and there. Anyway, I remember one time he was dancing around, and I was uh, like following. I kind of like found him at one point. I was like, oh well, he's like he's done like half of his circuits. Well, I'll stick with him and get some shots then i'll go into the green room with him and like take five and um he suddenly like started getting jostled about and these these um people just started like grabbing him oh and like God. trying to like pull him in for i don't know like for a photo or what but he had to like he was kind of still trying to dance but also trying to like shove them off and they were like grabbing him and trying i think someone was trying to like grab their the heads off like to get take their teddy bear head and he had to, and i kind of had to like stop filming i put my hand out and try and like get them off him and he had to we basically just sort of like semi fought our way through the crowd and back to the green room and like got back in and he slammed the door and he took his head off he's like fucking hell man that was mental <laughs> and then i had to help him out of his of his suit and he was so sweaty and it was awful oh poor guy man i can only yeah. imagine how that that so was much... that was a bit unpleasant that was just like sounds like that we like this is weird like what am i doing yeah, I mean, I mean, th- th- it's full of that, isn't it? Like sometimes I'll be applying for certain jobs or doing certain jobs, and I'm like, "What even is this? Mm. Like, what is this thing I'm doing right now? This is bizarre." But that's kind of like what our industry is sometimes. Yeah, um, a lot of the time you just got to you just got to accept the weird jobs. You're like, "Well, it's something." What's the weirdest job you've ever done? <clears throat> what film job or just? <laughs> oh interesting uh let's let's keep it with filming for the second and then we'll come back to that um, i mean honestly that's pretty up there the toy box <laughs> like, it was it was very weird like the teddy bear the whole kind of weird sexual adult take on like like children's toys was just yeah i i just, think that's bizarre the, the only thing i thought was a semi good idea but actually in practicality it was a terrible idea was remember like when i said before like oh like an adult playpen type thing i think they yeah, thought yeah. man i remember years ago thinking oh that's genius like a like a, a ball pit and yeah. like all the things you used to run through like sharkies when we were kids like oh that's great Definitely. but then obviously drunk people in a dark nightclub doing that that's a health and safety risk. People are going yeah. to throw up. People, it, no, horrible, horrible idea. idea. <laughs> Terrible yeah. idea. Yeah, on paper, it's a nice idea, but in a club, I think immediately, as soon as you involve alcohol, and it just it just goes wrong. Yeah, I think honestly, I think the weirdest one is probably that. It's just it, I remember just feeling really uncomfortable the whole time. I was just like, this is just a weird place. Uh, they did it the one time, yeah. Uh, I did it a few times. Uh, oh, okay. 
and I mean any any club work was like and any club work was just it, at the time it was stressful and weird and exhausting um now it's just like funny stories to tell um but I I wouldn't do it again but um other than that I think I've been quite lucky um in the like the bad jobs that I've had have only been bad because either they're a bit dull or the client's been like not the best um how do you how do you navigate that if if you're because i know what you mean like from doing freelancing over the years in various fields like how do you how do you remain professional and deal with difficult clients or if they're changed because i imagine they change things all the time they ask for things that probably out of budget or things that are just unrealistic or they just have that you know they have an idea of like how it should be and you're like well actually uh that's not how it works how do you deal with that um i think one of the the strongest one of the strongest skills you can have in this kind of work in this business is just being a nice person um which and it sounds it sounds so obvious um but you get you do run into a lot of dickheads um either clients or more usually other other videographers other filmmakers um oh you mean uh, clash clashing with other people um yeah not so much like on a on a job but like just kind of in the in the general in this world in this kind of sphere you do just run i mean you run into dickheads in any industry sure but i think i think this this kind of work is I think there's a few more of them because it's more subjective. So, you know, people are, people are like me, they're running their own business. They're, they're making their own work. And so you do just get some, get some arrogant people who are just like, Oh, well I'm the best. And, or, you know, Oh, well I'm right about this. I've been doing this for longer. I've been, you know, I went to whatever school I went, I've got this equipment. I know the best wow. thing. <laughs> uh, and and it, it is rare that you come across them, but when you when you do they tend to be just like the worst um, it just sucks the fun out of it doesn't it, it yeah it, it does it does um but i mean you know i think again like the best tool you've got is just to be really nice and just to be not a pushover but like choose you know, your battles yeah just choose your battles just you know be a nice person be understanding um in a, you know what you've got that on your side and the, and yeah when it comes to difficult clients just um you know it's it's such a fine line of you know someone can be being a dick completely unintentionally like they just don't know and in that case the best thing is just to kind of um just explain it to them and you know just like explain why you can't do the thing that they're asking and just be very logical about it. And nine times out of 10 people will just be like, Oh, okay. Oh, sorry. We didn't realize. And then occasionally you do get the people who are like are fully aware that they're being unreasonable. They're trying to like get a better price or they're trying to, yeah. Usually it's, you know, when that happens, it's so rare, but when it happens, it's like they're trying to get more bang for their buck. And so in that case, again, you've still got to, you can't kind of, as soon as you, as soon as you go down to their level and, you know, and try and be a dick back. That's when they sort of, that's when they can get you. So you've just got to be, even if they're being really unreasonable, which I've had, a, I've had a few cases of someone just being completely not okay. 
and what they're asking for, how they're talking to me. You've just got to be, you know, you've just got to be really nice and just be like, not, not, not a pushover in, you know, not like in a customer service role when the manager's like, oh, the customer's always right. You can't talk back. And even if someone's having a go, you've got to be like, wrong. Yes. Okay. That's <laughs> fine. Have a nice day. You know, but I think it, it's like, it's about just being firm and clear, but still being polite about it. You know, just going, okay, um, I understand that you're upset. No, I can't do what you're asking for. And here's why. And I'm sorry that you're upset, but I'm not going to, I'm not going to budge on it. And if you don't like that, you know, you can go somewhere else and that's fine. Get but it, it's, it's, it's tough though. It, it, you know, really you want to just go piss off, <laughs> but you can't. You've had an interesting year. Cause I remember we met officially on, um, on the set of Ono Guano, Dan McGee's film. Yeah. And, um, about a year ago now wasn't it it just, was april time i think yeah 23 yeah so i've only known you for a year which is weird because it feels like longer that's how you know it's good friendships yeah <laughs> <laughs> no i mean um i think i was struck i mean i i'd already this was my first time working with dan as well um mm. and it was a pleasure to work with you both it was really easy it was a lot of fun you know um i sort of i've, I've detailed a little bit but like I'll just reiterate here, like a lot of the time, obviously we were just like running around with the camera, seeing what we could figure out to do and stuff. And I just love that. That's kind of like what filmmaking is all about really, isn't it? It's like, what can we do? Like, what's the best way we can do this? And what if we try this? What if we try this, et cetera. Yeah, but one thing I remember was like, we were chatting for like five minutes and kind of, you know, I was gauging your head about what you're doing to make ends meet. Cause obviously at that point, I had not like I, I've been self-employed for a number of years, but like I was still relying on like you know bar job here, bar job there. Yeah. Now I'm just fully, fully like agency work, fully acting, fully online, like at really in at the deep end, and it's shit scary. Yeah. Um, but it's also kind of weirdly entertaining as well. But the vibe I got from talking to you and getting advice from you and everything was that at that point you were kind of fed up with doing this like cinematography specifically for like commercial purposes like you at that point you obviously would have done it for like about six years and it's like it's a lot and i i know well firstly people might look at that and be like well hey you still get to do what you love and it's like well it's different when you're not getting to do it quite exactly what you love like for example um when i do like say voiceovers for commercial things or if i do acting like commercial stuff right not the same as doing a short film or doing uh i don't know something a bit more creative not in any way the same thing because you have no control over it you have to just come in do the thing leave it's very regimented and there's no freedom for creativity and it's just like eh. so i immediately knew what you meant like and we didn't delve into it like a lot but like from the few things you told me and how we spoke about it i kind of got the the vibe that like yeah this is this is not what this guy wants to be doing um i remember getting that from you as well like i remember, <laughs> I remember the you uh and like as in like you kind of you got it you understood you know I remember talking to you about it and, uh, you know, hoping that I didn't just start ranting. Um, no, I do. 
I I felt <laughs> it, man. I it was I one of those moments <laughs> like yeah. let out. <laughs> yeah. I, th- I think I think probably the more the more I got to know you, the more I've sort of because initially I was like I don't want to just start like I get it. You know, my problems, I think, but like especially on the second you know day when we're like in the field and we, we're pissing about a bit more. I think I got you know I knew enough to be like okay, I can kind of just like I can just have a bit of around this like this guy knows what I'm on about. Like I, I think that's the thing I got when I first met you. I was like, oh, he knows. Like he gets it, because because you're totally right. It is a lot of people who work like a normal job will, you know, probably look at it and go like, well, what's he complaining about? Because um, I mean, I'm fully aware that I'm very lucky to be able to do what I do. Mm-hmm. Like I, I've spent the last you know five and a half years running my own business and and making films uh, and video work full time. Um, I've got a really itchy nose. Um, and, and that I am like, I'm very fortunate to be able to do that because a lot of people wouldn't. Um, and it's, I mean, it's not completely luck. It's, it's a, it's a lot of hard work. It's mm-hmm. like a fuck ton of work. Um, and, and stress and, and like time. Um, but, I'm still very lucky to be able to do it. Like I, I could have been working, you know, um, I could have been doing any job. I could have been working my ass off in a supermarket for the last five years, or I could have been, I, I used to work at Ofsted in an office. I could have still been doing that. You know, I like, I'm very lucky to be doing what I do, but also because just because of that, I'm not just kind of go, well, you know, I'm lucky to be doing this any like, you know, at all. So I'm just going to like, I'm just gonna stick with it, even if I'm unhappy. Like I'm, I'm a big believer. I've always been a big believer in not just doing something. If you're unhappy, then there's no point doing it. And I understand, obviously, money comes into it in such a big way. And there's so many people who are doing shit jobs that they hate, but they need the money and they can't do anything about it. But you know. I think if you can do something about it, there's no point sticking at a job that you just hate because it, there's just not. It's just there's just no point being miserable for however long. So, so yeah, I think I think I, I've I've like when we met, you know, I was kind of in that pro in that place of going like, I'm happy to be doing what I do. I am lucky, but also it's not exactly what I want to do. So I'm trying to change it. Why don't we talk about that? What's the dream, Giuseppe? What are you trying to do? Uh, I mean, the the ultimate dream is yeah. is to be uh, is to be directing and shooting features. Like that's that's always been since I was like I don't know twelve, thirteen. That's been my my big goal. Um, if you know, I think the way I've I've been looking at it for the last few years is if I could be in a place like okay like basically in the place that like edgar wright was in well and probably still is um but like you know the cornetta trilogy like hot mm-hmm. fuzz that kind of era if i could be paid um not even you know i don't I'm, i don't care about being famous i don't care about being a millionaire i like if i could just be paid an amount that i could live comfortably and have a nice life um to do that to like 
make a make a great film, make a fun film like that. That's 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 the dream. You know, I'd love to. I'd love to maybe maybe. I mean, yeah, I'd love to like write it because I really enjoy writing. Write, shoot, direct. Maybe that's a lot. I don't know if I'm a bit of a control freak in that regard. No, but like, it's normal. There's plenty of people that do that. Personally, yeah, yeah, uh, Ricky Gervais does that as well. Yeah, he fucking stars in it as well. <laughs> what I used to do, um, yeah. I, I, <laughs> I thought I'd get these because I just thought it was funny. I don't know, because I, I don't know if you've I've, I've shown you these and shit. That's it. So that's what I used to do when I was thirteen. When I like started making films, I would like write, shoot, direct, star, and I'd edit. Um, uh, and so I, I, I do like so this. So. I'll finish what I was saying. So, I mean, basically, yeah, that's that's the that's the dream is to be doing that. It's just making fun films, um, um, and you know, making enough money from it to live off, and that's and that's why like it's kind of what I started doing. Like I, so I got this. So I used to I used to make films. With my friends like put them all on DVD. Oh, cool. Um, so, uh, so this is this is the uh, I think I made this in two thousand eleven. Uh, oh man, look at that. James Blonde. Yeah. <laughs> Goldfinger. I love that. <laughs> that's when I used to star in them as well. So amazing. I've I've got I've got tons of these. I've got like a whole I mean I've wow. in the other room. This is just like I Oh I my god, we have to get drunk sometime and watch them all, please. <laughs> <laughs> that would be well, amazing. Honestly, yeah, I'd be I'd be that'd be quite fun. Fuck it's yeah. Terrible. We're doing that, we're doing that. Um but like <laughs> I think that's kind of what I would want to be doing is like, you know, like James Blonde. There's three James Blondes. There's there's it's a trilogy. Films, there's a trilogy. There's a that that one's about like wizards and time travel. That one's like a, an apocalyptic one. Like that's the dream is to be like making this stuff. Obviously, a lot more professionally, but like just making things that are fun and interesting, uh, with people that I enjoy making them with. You know. Yeah, and, and making enough money to live—that's that's all I want to be doing, really. I have the same exact dream, man. Especially the more and more I get into the industry as well, and I see like even people at the top not being happy. I sort of it kind of reshifted my focus again, and I was like, nah, the the the, the goal is to just do this for a living. Yeah, to yeah. not have to rely. Like for instance, when I'm done with today's show, I'm working kiosks at a venue, and that's fun. It's 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 it is what it is. Um, but it's not. I don't love that. I love running around in the field with you with the camera and going ah, like that's my idea of fun. Because look at how that turned out as well. Like it, yeah. it came together in such a great way, and I really understand when people used to say things like, um, "Oh, your talent is wasted on this," or "You're wasted on this." I always used to think when I was younger that that was the dramatic thing to say, but now I completely agree. Yeah, I think I think that you can see it in people. I said the same thing to Dan. Um, you know, I I understand how like frustrating it can get, but you just have to keep going because I really feel like we're on the precipice of something. Because mm. a lot of people don't get to this point where they've perfected it for this many years and are now starting to realize like that's the thing. Like in these coming years, my my words, you guys are gonna make some of the best work you've ever made. <laughs> I hope so. But you have to keep going, man. That's the key. Oh yeah, that's, that's definitely it. that's definitely it. I think. I think it's it's a real testament to how much someone wants to do this and wants to keep going, whether it's, you know, 
filming, directing, acting, whether it's editing or or sound work or producing or whatever, like I think there's you know, people like if you as like you've got to really want it and the people that kind of just keep going and don't give up, even when it's really, really shit. Mm-hmm. Other people that eventually make it. And like you hear all the you hear all the success stories from people, they're like they're thrown around a lot and you know, everyone's heard them, but like people like Samuel L. Jackson People like, um, you know, I don't know who else, Ian, Ian McKellen, I guess, a bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's there's so many famous actors who didn't actually start getting, um, the, like, good work and didn't really start making it until they were, like, well into their, like, 40s, 50s. Like, De- uh, Dennis, Dennis, what's he called? Dennis, Dennis Villeneuve, I think, who's, who's doing June... And oh, okay. um, the Blade Runner twenty forty nine. Like, no, I, think was, I think he was like forty five when he made the film that kind of got him in on Hollywood's radar and got him. Um, I can't remember what it was for was it Prisoners? Um, I can't remember. But like, like he, yeah, like he was. He, you know, he's married. He had a kid. He had like a whole life and like had settled down and kind of, you know that was him like he'd had his he kind of was in the middle of his life before he you know before anyone even knew about him and i think it's so easy in this industry to kind of especially with social media where you're constantly um comparing yourself to people you see people that are more successful or have more all money. the time that's literally yeah. by daily yeah. <laughs> seeing and, that and it's so it's so hard to not compare yourself and to not feel shit because yeah. you're like oh well that person's doing what i want to do or that person's like you know living in barbados and having living the dream like it's so easy to do that and look at other people and go oh well i'm i'm whatever i'm 26 i'm 30 i'm 35 i'm i've missed my chance like like we we are still we are still young. Like obviously, it would have been nice to be successful and have made it five years ago. That would have been, would have been great. But you know, but we're not like we're not. There's there's still plenty of time. And I think I think people kind of forget that. You know, things do take time. I think you're spot on with this. I think about this more and more every day. If I'd have become famous or successful when I was younger. I would not have been able to receive that well. I was a mess. And that's mm. just me. But I honestly think that it's better that it comes, if it is going to come, at a time when you're ready to receive it, when you're more mature, when you've kind of, you know, like, like I think it's, it's pretty well established that, like, we're, we're not in this to get, like, famous or whatever or have loads of money. Like, that's never been the end goal. But it's it's tricky sometimes trying to trying to convince people with that and trying to make people understand that no i just want to do this for a living and also interestingly as well i don't think people can fathom the idea that you can do this for a living and not be famous and and rich Uh, there's plenty of people i know that do this uh other people i've had on the show as well that have had a whole career uh out of this never have to work a day in anything they don't want to do and it's kind of like stuns people but if you think about it it's not really that crazy think about how many movies tv shows series shorts every year get made by Mm. just people that's the thing you don't need like the only reason that people pay attention to the big stuff is obviously that's got the most marketing and money behind it yeah but it's no different to like music like most of the music i listen to you'd never heard of it 
And that's not that's not a flex. That's not me going like, oh, it's so underground. It's so cool. No, it's no, just, no, I get what you're saying. Do, do you know what I mean? I just prefer it to like whatever they're putting out in in the charts. And to be honest, films are a lot like that. Like you can find some really incredible shit um, just by random filmmakers. Like remember that film that we saw together at that film festival? Uh, well, all of them. They were all good. But there was that one particular one that had a little bit more budget. Um they said it was a short film. It was like 40 minutes long. That's pushing it. But it, it was a really good premise. And yeah, there was like, you know, little things there, like some questionable acting here and there and some other things. But do you know what? The premise was really good. It was gripping. And most importantly, it was entertaining. Yeah. And I look at, as the thing, I look at stuff like that and I'm like, right, well, any of us can do this then. Yeah, you know? completely. Definitely. Yeah, it's, it's a good point. Not everyone who, like the majority of people, the majority of people who do this aren't famous. Like you only mm -hmm. hear about the small few that are because you know, they're the ones that people pay the most attention to. But yeah, it's not you don't have to be famous to be successful. There's plenty of people who aren't, there's plenty of people who are very comfortably living and, you know, they're probably like well known in some circles, but like, you know, not a household name. Um I was um little little side tangent. I was in um I was in India um, for Ooh, yes. uh, my partner's brother's wedding in November. And um, that was, uh, it, it was great. It was amazing. It was a brilliant experience. But the reason I'm mentioning it is because um, we got stopped so often um, because we were white. Um, mm -hmm. Because people want to take our photos and like, take mm -hmm. photos of it and like, have selfies. Um and it was a really little interesting um taste of obviously i don't know but like what i imagine being famous to some extent is like mm -hmm. you'd just be walking down the street you'd just be in the middle of a conversation you'd be going about your everyday and like suddenly someone would just like appear and be like selfie can i have a selfie and you're like uh, uh sure yeah and like and like you know there's a couple of times where we were like a bit stressed and we were like on our way to somewhere and someone's like photo photo and like and like trying to put their arm around so like oh cry yeah okay great uh. <laughs> and it was really weird it was, yeah. it was it was funny it was lovely um but it was it was really funny i was saying to, to emma afterwards um that like that's what it's like like being famous i'm sure you know obviously i don't know but like i just remember saying to her like if that's a little bit of what it's like. I don't think I want to be mm. famous. I don't think I want to be a celebrity ever because that's like, like imagine that, but like times 10 people doing that all the time. And like, I don't, I don't want that. I want to be able to just live my life. You know what I reckon? I reckon there's like a level that's perfect. Mm. Like you don't want, here, here it is, right? You don't want to be like Will Smith famous or like no. Brad Pitt famous. Cause then everywhere you go, anywhere in the world people recognize you right yeah i think it's better to be like famous in particular places particular areas like imagine if for example you were famous and successful in england but then nowhere else yeah you know? sure or the flip reverse actually it might be better to like you know <laughs> like you go to the states they love you you come back no one cares great yeah perfect I see, wherever you don't, <laughs> live, you don't live you're famous where, where but the place that you live in you're not I, and I, that's the thing like i always say about that about me like surprisingly right i am actually an introvert 
so it might be hard to believe, but I am. <laughs> I had to train myself to be an extrovert. Um, I still am in so, in so much as like I'm very ha- comfortable in my own like space. Love that. Yeah, yeah. Um, and you know, like I think it's a bit different when you're with your partner or something like that. That that kind yeah. of feels like the same thing, um, sort of. I don't know. But then yep. aside from that, it's like. I'm not really that fussed in a group for that. If there's a room, like I'm quite happy on my own. Mm. Um, when I do like creative stuff, my ideal would be like, I come on the stage, everyone in the room is paying attention to me, right. For that 10 minutes. Yeah. And then as soon as I come off the stage, no one cares. That would right. be perfect, but okay, that's yeah. not how it works. <laughs> in an yeah. ideal world. Yeah. In an ideal no, world. I, I, no, I agree with you. I think, I think that would be good. I think in, <laughs> I think in like in certain circles, that's what I'd like. So like, hmm. um, I don't know if you know um, Alex Ho- Alex Honnold, you know the climber who did um, El Capitan. There was a big there was a documentary about him. It's called Free Solo. Um, it. Pretty good. It's it's worth watching. Um, Netflix, Disney Plus, I think. Ah, um, I just got Netflix. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but like, basically, he's like a really famous climber. Um, and and he's he's never like done it for the fame he's just like he's a really famous climber but he's always just like loves climbing and um and he's, he's really well known now but uh he didn't get well known until he was in his like late 30s early 40s mm. um and yeah i think he was maybe like 35 six before he kind of got well known uh and it's it's funny because in a lot of when you talk to people in the climbing world and the climbing circles he's like a household name Alex Honnold oh yeah I know him but then as soon as like it's as soon as you talk to anyone who's not in those very specific niche circles like you know you didn't you don't know who you're like no one knows I think that would be a really nice level is that in particular circles yes people know you and people know your work and people want to talk to you but those circles are quite specific and and unique and so that in that you know those circles make up like 5% of the world. And so in every other circle for everyone else, no one, no one gives a shit who you are. That'd be great. It's brilliant though, isn't it? Like when I was at that football club the other day, there was a famous footballer there and I sort of recognized him from like years ago. I I don't follow football at all, but I just was (laughs) like, yeah, right. Um, So I was like, oh, okay. And I just kept going. Like he was there with his like daughter or something. And uh, they sat down and I sort of came over to them nonchalant, like, hey, can I get you guys anything? And they're like, no. And they're like, okay, cool. And, but like three other people had gone to see them, right? Because of who right. they were. Yeah. And then there were people like, oh, do you know who that is? Oh, I used to play for da 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 da. And I was right. like, oh, is it? Okay. Yeah, I sort of recognize it. And another person yeah. came up to me and she was like, oh, um, are you into football? Do you follow football? I'm like, nope. And she just started laughing. I was like, yep, I just. <laughs> like you know nothing against it but just no no not my thing <laughs> but I, lo- I love that or like for instance because that's the thing people trip like everyone was like tripping over themselves to go over to this guy and i'm thinking and i've I thought about this a lot more because I've, I've started meeting famous people more regularly through doing this right and uh, sorry to break it down for you guys um but they are just people yeah Totally. Sometimes you meet your heroes and it's cool. I met my hero, John Bailey, um, the voice actor. He was on my podcast recently. And that was awesome. Really nice guy. Um, but I was a bit anxious because most of my experiences meeting people that are heroes 
hasn't gone well. So mm-hmm. it, that was a nice surprise. Sometimes I, th- I think people who stay grounded and stay human <laughs> tend yeah. to be like nicer than other people. Oh, uh, really? Not so they just, I, I guess they get, okay. This is what I imagine being famous is like, right. I get, unco- I'm sure you do too, right? When, when a bunch of people give you compliments at once, like it's, f- it's nice to get a few, but when you get like ton, it's like, oh, okay, thank you. And I biggest but- doing this now. It's yes. Awkward, isn't it? It's, it's yeah. like, cause you start thinking like, I'm not, I'm not that great. I mean, yeah, I'm good at this thing, I guess, you know, I worked yeah. at it, but like, I'm not nothing special. You know, I say that a lot in like live streams. I'm like, yeah, no, like, like oh, someone will be like, oh, you're good looking about, oh, it's just the lighting, which I do mean that when I say that lighting really helps. Just say. Yeah. I look <laughs> right. like um, I'm regretting my choice now. I feel like I'm in a, I'm, I'm very like, lit like i'm in a horror film or like i'm doing it's arty it's artistic i think it's i think it's just not well thought out but thanks (laughs) (laughs) well it's i mean that's a good point though isn't it it's all about perceptions about how people perceive things that's true yeah but but, and to speak to that i mean the amount of people that i see just like completely change when someone enters a room they're like do you know who that is? Oh my God. Da, 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 da. And then you meet the person and they're like, Oh, um, do you know where the coffee is? And I'm like, yeah, yeah. Right like, cool. Oh, what are you doing? Oh, I'm doing this. Oh, you doing? Oh, nice to meet you, man. How's it going? Da, 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 da. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. People. People just, are just people. It's people just, just it's, people. it's an interesting point. Cause as soon as, soon as like someone's famous and they're revered by a certain, you know, group of people, as soon as, as soon as you do, like, as soon as someone comes along, whether it's you or someone else who like doesn't know who that person is, it's mm-hmm. it yeah, it completely changes. Like, well, that's just a person. I've I've definitely had that. I can't think of a specific example now, but I've definitely had that where someone's been like, "Oh my god, that person next to you!" Like, do you know who that person you were next to was? And like, no, like you know, oh, that's a famous footballer. That's like, a, I don't know, you know, oh, that's a famous Twitch streamer. I'm like, I think what people forget though a lot of the time with this stuff is. Yeah, A, it's still a person. And B, um, like that person in that scenario, like whatever, they're just having dinner or they're just like, yeah. I don't know. Like it's, even if you would talk to, like the amount of times I've, I've, I've spoken to someone or seen someone and I can tell they've had like that thing said to them. Like for, I'll give you an example. When I worked on um, Hollyoaks, I, I worked alongside... Um, James Sutton, who plays John Paul. And mm-hmm. I used to grow up watching that show. I don't, I haven't watched it in many, many years, but I watched it in the 2000s because it was awesome. And um, he was on it and it was, it was kind of surreal seeing him there. Um, sure. But, you know, it quite, it kind of quickly hit me like, hey, we're all here, do a job. Like, it, do you know what I'm saying? Like, it is, it, yeah. with the novelty kind of wore off like extremely quickly. Yeah, sure. But when we started chatting and he was taking an interest in me, like that was very flattering and very nice. And but then I also realized like, oh, he's just a dude, like he's just a guy, and like this is his journey, and he's like ahead of me in that journey. But then mm-hmm. that was like kind of a light bulb for me as well, because it was like, oh, you know, that's all it is. Like you meet people in the industry and they're like either doing better than you not as well as you same as you like whatever like we're all at different points but we're all just people trying to do creative stuff yeah yeah definitely yeah Yeah. everyone's trying to do the next thing and uh yeah everyone everyone's just like 
most people are just normal people who have you know and we've like everyone's been at this level at some point everyone's like everyone started from somewhere um yeah it's i mean it's it's uh it's like when i met um when i was like 12 or 13 i went on this like uh this like filmmaking workshop um, in my local town and um the guy that was running it um had like he'd like had a bit of work in the industry um he'd done like a few things for bbc he done some acting as well and i remember hearing that he was like he told me that he was in this film uh called severance it's this like mm. um it's this two i think it's from like 2006 or seven it's a bbc horror film bbc funded horror film um it's got tim mckinnery in it from um blackadder uh, yeah. um that's it's probably got quite a few others in it but that's the only one name i remember but anyway this guy that i met was um had like a really small role he was like he um he was only in like a scene or two um soldier but, number two <laughs> like that, yeah. yeah i think i think he was called recruiters like big gun killer or something like that Great name. But, um bless you thank you sorry no it's fine um but like at the time i remember being 12 or 13 um like being really amazed i was like whoa this guy's been in this guy's like been in this film and i went and watched the film and i remember seeing him and i was like oh that's so cool and I went, <laughs> I like again like a, 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 i think like a short film competition yeah and i was like really nervous i was like oh oh like oh what was it like doing that oh, like i can remember asking him questions and thinking like this is really cool this guy's been in you know these films or whatever um and i and i anyway I, I still know the guy and i've worked with him quite a few times um i was talking to him the other day actually and like now i'm not that age and also now i've just like got to know more like oh he's he's just a man like yeah. he's like i mean he's not you know he's he's not famous he's not a household name or anything he's only done a few things but still he's done some films and you know like he's been in the industry and at the time i remember when i was young i was like that's so cool like that's really special to me someone who's had that experience and stuff but like like as i got to know him I'm like oh he's he's just he's just a guy and he's just he's had this work and it is cool and it is impressive but like he's just a he's just a person i think one thing about this though we'll add a caveat to this is that there are human beings in life that give off like particular energies or are fascinated with their ideas or the way they put things together. Like there are still celebrities that like, if I met them, I'd be so excited to meet them because I'd want to sit and have a conversation with them. And, oh, like, really totally. You know what I'm saying? Like there's just, yeah. I, I think that element will never disappear. Like, Oh, there's, there's definitely people who, if I met them, I would just absolutely, I'd, I'd turn into an idiot. I just, yeah. I don't know what to say because i like because i really admire them and respect them you know definitely definitely incredible stuff yeah we have to remember this for when we become famous so keep this in mind <laughs> <laughs> if it happens yeah what's your kind of like philosophy on on cinematography and filmography i'm quite interested to kind of get your your perspective on on what makes a good cinematographer and filmographer Throwing the big questions at me now. Uh that's a that's a tough one. What makes um in your opinion? 
it, again, it's really obvious, but the first thing that springs to my mind is just is just being a nice person. Um, because <clears throat> the, if you're a nice person, people will want to work with you, and you know your 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 name will get thrown around more. Well, I guess they'll get thrown around if you're if you're not a nice person, but it'll thrown around <laughs> in the true. right way. Um, you know that, in my opinion, has has in my experience um, has so far been that's the thing that's got me. I think a lot of my work is people recommending me and and my company and word of mouth um i always just like to pretend that no one ever talks about me i just assume that people don't or mm. if 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 i you know what i mean like i don't like to think about that <laughs> like, no, no, I, I don't um, i don't assume people do but i but from what i know of like how i've got certain pieces of work yeah for sure someone said oh you know someone recommended you because of blah 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 and, like i've had a few like testimonials from people mm-hmm. um and that that kind of has been one of the standout things i think I'm not i sound like i'm blowing my own trumpet you know no 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 hey listen you're spot on with this i think like a big part of it is can i work with this person mm. you know like whenever i work with people and it was brilliant i keep their names in mind and i recommend them like i recommend you i recommend dan i recommend like everybody all the time yeah you know, well, whenever exactly. there's an opportunity, I'm like, yeah, oh, you need a good cinematographer. I know just the guy. Yeah, yeah. Well, thank you. That's very nice of you. I mean, that's exactly it. I mean, that's that's exactly um like you mentioned, Dan, that's a great point. Like I mm-hmm. like I met him um from literally seeing a post on Facebook. Um uh he was like making his feature at the time and uh I literally just quit my job at Ofsted and um I needed a I was just like wanting to get more film stuff. Not even not even paid work. I wanted just I wanted to collaborate and like I'd I'd only been in Manchester like ten months. I wanted to, you know, meet more people in the circles. And so mm. that was, you know, literally an afternoon of meeting Dan, like <clears throat> probably spent like four or five hours not even working closely with him because I was like one of the extras and he was directing people. But I remember just from that one experience, I was like, oh, that was like he's a really nice bloke. Like I really enjoy that experience. And, and then like from that, you know, um, worked with him a bit more and then quickly became good friends. Um, and to the point where, you know, would we just go and hang out together and like, but like, I remember that really sticking in my head, like an afternoon of working with after like literally one afternoon of working with him, I was like, Oh, that, that was a really nice experience. What a nice guy. I, I'd like happily work with him again. And this, this is the thing. It? it really does, especially I think because I remember Dan saying this as well. Like, there's something to do with like when you recognize someone's talent, certain things that they're really, really good at, or like maybe even just like their attitude, stuff like that. It's like, oh, well, if I have this project, I'm going to need this, this, this. Oh, these people definitely fit that because I remember when we worked on this thing. Yeah. You know, it's like that's what always kind of sticks out in my mind. And, you know, obviously, you know me, I get ideas for things and I'll throw ideas out there like, we should try this, we should try this, we should try this. And like, yeah. I don't know, I think this, I will always keep pushing them no matter how frustrating it might be. But <laughs> <laughs> I think it's, I think it's worth it, you know? Um, and I think also you get the best out of each other because, uh, you know, there's a lot of instances where you, you walk on set, you do something like that, and maybe not everyone's into it. Maybe some people see it more as a job, fair enough. Or or maybe they're just, you know, like 
there's not much room for creativity. I, mean, I remember James, when he was on my show, he told me, um, this is James Anita, the actor, he mm -hmm. said he'd worked on a project where it was very kind of, you come in, you do the lines, you leave kind of thing. Right. And he was like, wanted to kind of explore a little bit and, and the director was like no 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 i don't want it like this i want it exactly like this and like that i know for me that would be very frustrating like because yeah. i i don't want to come in and like change someone's vision i want to put, put sort of a stamp on it as far as like i want to i want to have the freedom to to suggest ideas and be like okay what if we would try this what about this da -da 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 -da, you know and i don't want to be shut down immediately but but at the same time, like I'm not going to be like I'm not doing this, like just because you did something that you know because it's still someone else's vision. Right? I get yeah, that. it's it's a fine line, isn't it? Between mm -hmm. like you don't want to stand on someone's toes, you like you want to be respectful of what they've come up with and and what they've hired you to do, but also you're not just like you're not you're not a talking prop. You're not just there to like you know they can't just kind of push a button. You do what they want and then you go. You've got to like. You you've got to you've got to be able to like it's I think even just knowing to have the freedom to suggest things even if the director then goes no sorry you know thanks for asking but that's not really what I'm looking for there's I think having like knowing that it's okay to try to like suggest things um, it's it's yeah I think that sort of stuff it's always a fine line just going back to kind of your thoughts on cinematography for a second because yeah, you spoke really more about that. you spoke more about like the type of person you are, I get that, but I want to kind of like understand a bit more about how you view, you know, things on like a shot by shot basis, whether it's the setup of things okay. or, or shooting things in a particular way. Like, because mm. one thing that I really like is how you shoot things, like your choice of uh, like the visuals and stuff like that. Like I've only really seen two productions you've done that I've been a part of. Um, yeah. So I want to see more. Um, and I will. It would definitely, yeah, definitely will. Yeah. But with Onoguano and and Choc Chips, the <laughs> recent short films we did, like I noticed that there was a somewhat of a. I mean, maybe it's just because they're comedy films, so there's that kind of carrying over element. But there was also just like the way it was shot felt like it had your stamp on it. it had that kind of, you know, it's the same person filming it. Okay. Yeah. So. Yeah, tell me kind of like your, let's say your process, your setup, your kind of view of, of how things should be from the cinematography perspective. Um, I mean, I think I've always, I was talking to someone about this the other day, I've always not had a lot to work with in terms of, um, I've always been restricted in terms of like, I've not had the money to hire kids. Oh, I see, okay. <laughs> or I've not had, you know, the amount of people I need to pull something off. So I think I've I've got very used to making a lot out of a little, um, uh, which I think is a good thing. I think, you know, if you can work within boundaries and if you can, like, if you can find a way to do something um, that is affordable and cheap, you know, that and, like, is still going to look good, I think it's a skill. It's like, if you can make a lot happen out of a little, then you, you know, you get used to being able to kind of, you know, it's, it's frugal. And then when it comes to having either more money or better kit or more people around you, um, even just like a few more people to delegate jobs, then I think 
then you know you've had experience working with less so that then when it comes to working with more you know you you could you've got more at your disposal you can make more out of that so i think i think i'm just very used to kind of it, it specifically in terms of like a quick let's say i'm just very used to working with not a lot so you know i'm i think i'm quite good at being able to look at a shot and go okay well this is what i want to achieve so how can we do that you know with with three lights and a bit of tape you know um uh yeah i think i mean in terms of how i shoot things i guess i probably because of that i i think i rely a lot on um i think i rely a lot on like natural light um I mean, I, I like it. I really like the look of things that are shot with natural light. Um, so I try and incorporate that a lot. Um, I, again, because of the like limitations to equipment and budget, I think a lot of the time I'll try and, and definitely more recently, the last couple of years, I've tried to make um, practical lights a part of a shot. So rather than like now where I've got, a light on the side and a light down here just to light my face because there's just a white wall behind me um light that kind of just is coming from nowhere i'll like try and in a shot or in a scene include some light that actually is in there so if, like if there's a lamp here you know great like let's or even if there's not oh there's a table here great let's put a lamp on that and then we've got some light that is just automatically coming from that and hitting the back of inside the actor's face and then we can bring in a small light, you know, and put it even like not specifically there, roughly over this area. And we can like imply that that light is coming from this lamp because we can see it. So it makes sense. Oh, so, interesting. you know, it mo motivated light. So like if there was a light over there, you know, like this thing, you know, suddenly like, like this light there, if it was like a scene, it looks weird because it's like, well, where's this light coming from? But as soon as there's a, it's not the right color for a lamp, but like as soon as there's like, a physical lamp there in the scene that the audience can see in the shot suddenly this light coming from up here doesn't look so weird because it's it's motivated by a source whereas if there's just like if i like if i was if this is like a short film and i just suddenly had this blue light on me and this is the shot like you're like where the fuck is that blue light coming from like that does that looks weird because it doesn't make sense but if there was something that casts a blue light <laughs> in the shot then it would make sense um oh shit got these effects on now um i've never really thought about stuff like this really yeah i mean again i and it for, for me it very much come that comes from a place of going okay i don't have a lot of money to to hire all these expensive lights so i'm gonna make do with what i have and and like and have this light as part of the scene because then i can stick this you know this light in here and make it make sense and this is 20 quid really yeah it's 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 plastic it's you know wow it's really cheap but it does the job there you, uh, go. So you don't have to break so, the bank to uh to get those effects though that's, that's interesting no, definitely not i mean there's more expensive versions of these you can get and i'm sure they're better and probably will last longer but yeah well it's 20 quid last last year for a short film um so that's i guess that's one side of it um else i don't really know i don't really know how to answer this i'm kind of this is i wasn't prepared for this question i should have been prepared for this question i'm not <laughs> stumped you <laughs> yeah no it's great it's I, great I suppose, I suppose from like in terms of a, a process of shooting things 
I um I suppose I like my method of doing things. I I don't I never have storyboards. I'd love to have storyboards, but I hate making them. I really I find it really tedious to make them. So if if I can if like if I had someone else making them, brilliant. Um and there's we did an advert um my uh, company did an advert at the beginning of 2022 and we like had to have storyboards because we had to like get approval from the client of what the shots what the film would look like um and so one of the people that was on our team who was she was like the producer um she's also an artist so she drew up these storyboards and they look really nice they look lovely um and that was really helpful but generally i won't bother with them because i don't have the i don't have someone there to do them um either i don't have someone there to do them or it doesn't make sense for what project i'm doing um to have them either like the crew is really small so there's no point having these because i didn't i don't need to show like 20 people what the shots need to look like or um it doesn't make sense in terms of like the amount of time we're going to spend on like you know, oh we're going to shoot this in two days we don't need a storyboard because it's you know we're getting 15 shots a day doesn't matter um so i i just i just do shot lists um I'll do a shot list. I'll make sure everyone knows what shots we're doing. Um, I'll I will do a storyboard and draw something out if something is quite complex and like hard to explain or like hard to see as just writing on a page. So like if there's anything that's like involves a lot of camera movement or if there's a lot of different lights um, that need to be placed in a scene, I'll like draw like a floor plan or a storyboard just to be able to like rather than trying to explain it just so I can literally go, this is what we're going to try and achieve. But other than that, just shot lists and then just, I mean, I'm still working it out. It's still a process. Like I've still, I've, you know, I've, I'm not going to figure it out. I don't think anyone ever has, um, but I'm still, yeah, I, I'm getting better. Um, for instance, now on projects, I'm trying to make, I'm trying to I'm trying to minimize because I'm spending more time on things on shots and on scenes just because I think anyone naturally does as they improve um what I'm trying to say I'm trying to say a few years ago if I was making a short film each shot would probably take a few minutes you know even as a few takes one take, two take, bam, 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 let's do some more shots. Like, great, got that, let's get another shot, bam. Now I'm more conscious of, and I think that, again, comes from, like, having restrictions for, oh, we've only got, you know, a certain amount of time to shoot this, or um, we've only got this location for for today, so let's make it count. Whereas now I think I'm more conscious of, like, quality. So I'm, now I'd rather spend, you know, an hour on one shot because it matters and it and I care more. I understand that, you know, the time equals quality. Not completely, but mm. it definitely helps. Um and so I think now I kind of um like I actually involve like setup time. Like, okay, well there's these three shots to, to get. So there's, you know, um five or ten minutes is set up for each so actually we're going to need to do this um you know 
make sure like we focus on this first uh and in that i think i'm trying to like shoot things in a smarter way um so in a short film oh then shock chips i was um shooting everything on like that side of the room first and then everything on the opposite side of the room after that because you know you're lighting in a certain way for one side of the room uh, uh, of so, yeah. and not even lighting but you know set dressing like so lights are all here that we're looking that way you know if i i, I can't send then something go like oh i'm going to turn around quickly get a shot over here even if it takes a second to switch to lights around there's still a load of shit over there that i don't want in the shot we haven't dressed that part of the set or that's where the crew is standing and they've got like their bags and like it takes time to take all that stuff out so even if it's kind of maybe a bit more confusing and we're shooting out of order i mean it's rare to shoot chronologically anyway but like you know if we're shooting in a bit of a weird order for the actors or for anyone else it's more smart to shoot everything on that side get all that coverage first and then switch everything around because then you're not constantly switching because then that's what takes time so i'm and that's i mean that's something that i've never really kind of bothered with before but literally in just the last year i think i'm more conscious of that so i'm trying to i'm trying to do more of that thanks for sharing man really appreciate it no worries i hope i didn't just ramble on um no i love it ramble more please (laughs) (laughs) no it's good to get into your um like the way that you see these things yeah because i think that's part of probably I don't know, in my opinion, like the most fascinating element to creativity is how someone sees something. Because mm. it'll be totally different to like how I see it or how this person sees it. But that's fascinating. And also it's like it's just it's just interesting, like the things that people pick up on or point out. Like mm. uh, for instance, Judy Griffiths, she was on Chuck Chips with us, and yeah. she's really good at just spotting things that are out of place. Like she was yeah, like she spotting is. like continuity errors, and, I, and none of us even like picked up on that. Like, oh it's shit! A lifesaver for that. Right. I, just, bit... I remember being so glad that she was there because I was like, oh my god, like I would have never spotted that thing. Like there's several instances where she said something, and we were all like, oh wow, yeah, yeah. Like, that's the thing like it's it's all just about how you you view things and see things and and making sure to be vocal and say that and obviously well, if you're leading the situation then that's great you can kind of guide it and paint your vision and create it and structure it and make it a reality um what's been the most challenging experience you've had in your career so far wow that's a hard one challenging um there's probably loads and I'll probably think of most of them in like four hours. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the first thing that comes to mind is, is just finding a balance of um, making money and enjoying myself. Uh, and I think that's the thing that I've struggled with for the last year or, or two is okay, I'm, I'm making films for a living, you know, I'm, I'm getting to create content and create videos and that's great. But you know, it's, it's stuff for other people. It's stuff that I still care about, but I'm not, you know, overly invested in. And I'm, I mean, and if we're, if we're really boiling it down, I'm doing it for the money. Like someone's hired me to do this thing. I'm not just going to go and do it because I want to, I'm going to do it because, 
it's probably interesting as well, but you know, also a big factor is that they're paying me. Um, so I think the biggest thing when, like, when I'm when my job is making videos and filming things, um, I've found increasingly that it's it's so much harder to then go and make something for fun in my free time because suddenly picking up the camera feels too much like work. So okay. as soon as like uh, as soon as I've you know thought about like making a short film i've kind of instantly just gone oh well i don't want to because that's like that's that's work now that's 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 not fun so when we first met and we spoke about this and i spoke about doing like little jobs on the side whatever to make ends meet mm. you point blank said no i wouldn't do that i can't do jobs that aren't this like this is what i do this is you know cinematography da, 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 da. and i really respected that because i thought it was awesome it was like no i can't allow that to happen sure. this is what i do i know that you took on a new job recently yeah and i know that it's not specifically to do with filmmaking is that am i right well it it's it sort of is it isn't it isn't it? it's in the same it's because it, it's like a it's a being a technician mm -hmm. on a film course. Yep. Um, so it's not filmmaking, but it's no. But this of... is this is interesting to like detail this because look, yeah. we, we change our minds about things all the time in life, and there's reasons why oh. that happens. And I wanted to ask you about this, but I was trying to figure out a way to like broach it, and I'm so happy that this is the re like. There's like that. That's the thing. Like. I don't think that you specifically as a person ever make any decision like, oh, I'll just do this. And then like, you know, like maybe sometimes you do, but like, I feel like when it comes to your career and what you want to do, Wonderful. it's very clear and thought out. And that yeah. feels to me very clear and thought out. You want more time. Sorry, you want to reignite the fun in filmmaking and to do that, mm. it can't be full of doing stuff you don't want to do because I, I get what you're what you're what you're saying here because when i've done too many of these like commercial things myself i get a bit like you know what i mean like it's when am i going to do what i love again and it's yeah that's the thing you don't want to suck the fun out of it and you don't want it to feel too much like monotonous or, or like just a process anymore i mean it's yeah it's the reason that sometimes I steer away from like extras work or stuff like that. Cause it's like, yeah, it's money and yeah, maybe there's an opportunity there, but like, I hate the way it makes me feel. Yeah. Yeah. You know, totally. I hate, I hate feeling lesser than. Yeah. Cause I know I'm better than I know. And, I, deserve and I know something. what you mean with extra work as well. It, it does have that effect. Not all the time, but a lot of the time. I'm really glad. I'm, I'm proud of you, man. I'm really glad that you're doing this and that. Thank you. I think well, cause uh, hopefully as well we'll see more filmmaking out of you which you know goes back to when i first met you that's what you wanted to do was more really? creative filmmaking and it's going to be great to see that coming out of you now thanks thanks i i hope so yeah um uh, i'm glad you I'm glad, I'm glad you said that um yeah i i think that's that's the that's the hope now is that um you know i'm i've just well not started yet but i'm starting this new job soon and um it's something different. It's something that is kind of, again, it's, it's involving elements of what I'm used to, but also there's other parts of it that I'm not, 
which will be a challenge, which is scary, but I'm also looking forward to that challenge. Um, but the most then, important thing is that you won't pick up the camera, right? So when you, you also, you'll yeah. be dying to pick up the camera. You'll be like, when, <laughs> yeah. when, you be well, itching? when are we going to pick up the camera again? And then when you do, yeah. that's when you make your best work. Well, exactly. And, and so, and so because picking up the camera and, and, you know, doing what I would do on a, on a film isn't going to be part of my routine, at least every, every day. Uh, you know, I think it's, it will hopefully make picking up the camera and doing that more of a joy again. And, you know, I'll actually look forward to it. Um, yeah, that's, yeah, that's the hope. Um, it, like you say, it'll kind of reignite that spark. I mean, I mean, I think I'm, I'm definitely in a better place now with that than I was like a year ago. So like mm -hmm. last year I was like really fed up and that's why I like, I put out a call, uh, put like a post on some Facebook groups and said like I just want to make some stuff not for money I just want to make some short films for fun let's collaborate with people and that's how I met Andy and Craig who I've done oh, you know, okay. did like so straight away in January you know I think end of January early Feb we were like great let's make something so we made we made different and then we made and that was great because I was like this is my sh first short film in like four years um yeah, like aside from like tiny little things that I'd done just as a bit of fun in like an afternoon as like a little sketch or something. That was the first time in four years since I did Tangy Man with Dan in 2019 that I'd like actually made a short film, you know, made like there's a script, there's actors, we're doing, you know, we're, we're like we're doing rehearsals, we're blocking it with, it's a collaborative thing, it's it's a back and forth. So we did that, and that was really amazing. Um, and I can that kind of really nice that like, oh yeah, this is why I do what I do. This is what I enjoy the most about it. Um, so that was great. So we did that, and then we did accent, and then we did chop chips, um, and then I also did, you know, in the, in between those, I did Ono Guano with you and Dan, um, and then chop chips is still kind of you know being edited i'm so i'm sort of nearing the end of editing at that actually now which is good then i did another film with emma um mm. and then now i'm about to start this this new one you know vanishing cabinet with um with yourself and a great <laughs> and a great team and so that's nice even though there's been a few gaps here and there you know generally over the last year there's kind of always been a creative fun project i'm working on on the side in some capacity and that's really nice because i've not had that for so long and so now like you said hopefully with this with this new job that will allow more time um i'm just more like mental energy to to be spent on that on stuff we've, like that we've kind of already established what it's like to work with friends i was just curious um because obviously you did that short film with your partner emma and because we'd said i know emma <laughs> Hello, Emma. <laughs> <laughs> so formal. Um, uh, yeah. First time working together? Yeah, pretty much. I mean, we've like, I did a, I, I made like a very short sketch with her and another friend. Okay. Um, a few years ago as part of a, I was teaching a workshop for some kids and I used to like demonstrate like basic camera angles. And so we made like a, we shot something in our kitchen for half an hour. So like other than that, 
yeah, like first proper time, like actually working together with, you know, other people on set and like in a very like, she's the director, well, she's also acting in it. So, so that was interesting. So I've, like, you know, I was taking her direction, but also I was directing her as an actor oh, interesting. Um, okay. with other people around and, you know, with other elements and other things happening. So that was, that was interesting. What's it like working with, with your partner? Like, is, is the dynamic different? Is it just the same as always? Like, does that differ for you in any way? Uh, no, I think, I mean, a lot, it was, it was great. It was really good fun. I think, I think it was, I think the only difficult thing about it was that it's a film that she'd written as well. And I knew really like meant a lot to her. So I, there was a, there was some pressure of like, I didn't want I wanted to make sure I was getting it right and make sure everything I was getting was kind of what she'd imagined. I mean, no film mm. is ever gonna like the finished product is never going to be exactly as you imagine it. Cause that's not how things work and things always change and, and you adapt things. But like, I wanted to, you know, do the best job I could and get like as close to what she was wanting. So I think that was the only challenge is that I, cause I knew it meant a lot to her and obviously I've got a personal stake in it because, you know, we've been together for three and a half years. So I, I care. Yeah. So I, I, so I really care about, you know, her well being and like, if she's happy with it. So, so yeah, I think there's that, there's that added element. Um, but other, but also, you know, other than that, it was, it was, it was great. It was, it was nice to be able to, you know, the person that I'm kind of directing and also taking direction off is, I can kind of piss about and like, you know, take the Mickey House film, we can joke around. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was an interesting mix of kind of being professional because there's other people here and, you know, you're so, you sort of have, everyone has like a different version of themselves that they tailor to, you know, depending on who you're hanging out with. Like I wouldn't act the same way around my grandparents that I would talk right. to you right now. I wouldn't act the same way, you know, that I do when it's just me and Emma as I would with like my mates, you know? Um, so it was interesting kind of, there's like a professional version of myself that I kind of had to like, not had to, like I just naturally kind of slip into that when I'm like on set. Um, but then also because it's like, it's other people, everyone, basically everyone bar one person who was on that film, I kind of knew already. Yeah. So I, you know, I kind of knew how to be around them. Uh, so there's, it's, it's like professionalism, but like everyone's a bit more chilled out, a bit more relaxed. Um, Did you shoot it yeah. at your place? Yeah, we shot it um, in our bedroom and then just in the, like the hallway and the stairs. So was so again, that weird in, in your own place? Because I remember Emma explaining it to me because I was like, hey, I'd love to be a part of this. And she was like, oh, I think it's it's full now, right? And and then yeah. she explained like how many people were on it. And I was thinking in my head, I was like, that's good. It's very, that's going to be tight. Like, <laughs> like, like I did, yeah. Like, what was that like? Um, it, it, I think the only thing, weird thing was just having like everyone just, in our bedroom, just like we're, <laughs> this is where, where I sleep at night, but we're filming here. And we, we dressed it and we like right. moved furniture around and we made it look actually one of, one of the, um, uh, one of the people there, um, this girl who was 
being like the gaffer, she uh, stepped in. She was like, this looks like this looks like an Ikea showroom. And I was like, oh, thanks. She went, is this just how your bedroom is all the time? I was like, no, absolutely not. Like, we've oh, made this look yeah. as nice as it possibly can. She was like, it looks great. You should keep it like this. Um, <laughs> so that was a, that was like, you know, you always like, well, if, you've, if you're having guests around your yeah, house, yeah, yeah, yeah. tidy up and you make <laughs> it look, you know, and you make it look as nice as you can. So that was like an extra level of that because it's like you're coming into like, not just my house, but like my bedroom, like a very kind of personal, you know, room. Plus so, it's on camera as well. So it's like, also, this, this, also is, this is always how it looks. What do you yeah. mean? It's yeah, always exactly. this fantastic. <laughs> um, <laughs> so yeah, that, that was interesting. I think it was just, you know, because your bedroom is where you kind of, it's where you go to like shut off and like be yourself. Not, you know, it, it, you know, it, it's where you're kind of, I guess you're most vulnerable because it's where you, it's where you go to sleep. It's where you do other things. Um, you know, it's where you chill, <laughs> you know, it's, it's where you chill out. So yeah. immediately it's like your safe space. So at least it is for me, you know, so, so suddenly having mm. like a, a crew of people now was a bit like, Oh, this is, this is a bit weird. Like we're not on, on a set of a bedroom. We're like, like when we finish tonight and when everyone has gone, I'm going to go and sleep in this bed. That's what I meant. Like I, I wondered if it was in any way different. Clearly it is a little bit different, but then I suppose it, maybe. Yeah. But then again, I think there's just, you know, I can kind of go, okay, yeah, that's a bit weird, but also, you know, we're here to do a job and yeah. like that's what we're here for. So we're going to do this. And, and I, I think it did help that we'd like dressed it and made it look a bit different. So it wasn't literally like I just opened the door and gone like, right, cool. We're going to film in here. It's like, <laughs> you know, we, we changed things around and we'd, we made it look like, like, super nice and um visually you know appealing and uh so yeah and then and then yeah just the the logistical constraints of like just working you know like you're in a, a confined space i mean it's a big bedroom um but still it's like you're working in you know a limited amount of space and so just having a lot of people and like light stands and things around is just that's what i was thinking like it must be such a tight you got to be really careful with like how you kind of put that. Yeah, there was, there was definitely limits to like what shots we could get and, um, and like how we had to do certain things. Um, especially cause I, I like, I got a lot of equipment as well. I, I got really lucky and hired a load of quite fancy, um, lighting kit, which, you know, like I said before, I never really get to do um so that was really great but suddenly i had like thousands of pounds worth of kit which isn't mine so a like that's scary because i'm like i've got to really make sure i can't just like my own stuff i'm like chucking it over you know like chucking it around like bashing it I, if i hit it on the wall doesn't really matter this other stuff immediately i'm like i've got to be super super careful because this isn't mine it's really expensive um but also like it's just bigger equipment it's bulkier it gets in the way so immediately there's like there's less room to move about there's it's more cramped <clears throat> um and it, and it and because we were shooting um it's a night scene but we we're shooting completely in the day so we had to like black out all the windows um after two days of like being in this room mm. um for like most of the day it kind of felt quite claustrophobic like after we filmed us like i just want to get outside like this is you know um kind of start going a bit stir crazy so 
so yeah but it was it was good it was fun and um and so far the film's looking really good good stuff you mentioned earlier about uh doing extras work and <laughs> you sort of giggled i think we all have stories <clears throat> so giuseppe tell me some fun extra stories <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I mean sorry, but your face just says it all right there. You're like, <laughs> ah, I mean, yeah. we'll, you know, you know what this is like. Like yep. I watched, like I watched the da- podcast of Dan. Like oh, thanks. You, know, you had, you had a little, you know, you had a, a good little giggle about that. Um, <laughs> like it's, it's just, it's such a mixed bag, isn't it? Because on the one hand, you can have some really, really fun, unique experiences on those jobs, but. On the other hand, they can just be a pain in the ass, and you feel like you feel like no one gives a shit about you. Mm-hmm. Um, like there's there's plenty of times where you know I, I'm just like sitting there, being on set. You're you know you're cold. You've been there for like six hours, and you've not done anything. And you're just like, have, have we been forgotten about? Like, do the crew they like I can hear them filming the next room, but do they actually know that we're here? Like I did one. Um, I think it was the last one I did um, last year in like October, and uh, it was in this like old converted um, like mill in I don't know somewhere out in Greater Manchester, <clears throat> and it's been converted into this like this event space I think, um, and they oh. like use one of the rooms as like a gym, <clears throat> but it's still it's still like an old mill. It's it's red brick. It's it's not heated. It's quite cold. <clears throat> and um we were up in this like holding room upstairs this massive massive space um and it was just it was just freezing and there was no chairs i think uh, i remember you telling me about this one yeah <laughs> in the morning it was like oh it sucks i think i did um i think i did some videos and like put them on instagram yeah. like, i was like started doing some stories so i was like this is shit there was we yeah there was, there was no chairs um right there were some like yoga mats like rolled up and stuff and like yeah and like cushion like in a corner but when we got put in there in the morning the uh the ad was like um sit wherever you want by the way don't touch any of that stuff because that's all like that's part of like that's not that's part of the set it's dressed like that's not always there like we've put that there it's for a scene we're doing later so you can't touch any of that so they basically just went come into this massive cold warehouse sit on the floor um and just wait until you're called, you know, basically. <clears throat> and I think it was seven hours we were in there before we were used. Was this uh, for a big production or was this just like it was, I th- some it short was, film or something? It was BBC, I think. It was either BBC <laughs> or uh, Channel 4, I think. Um, That's outrageous that they... Wow. And like, okay. and I mean, after like an hour or so, someone, one of the other people was like, fuck it, I don't care if it's if it's their like set they can they can dress it again and go out of the cushions and you know stuff because i'm like we're not just going to sit on a cold floor like if you don't even have the decency to give us chairs like yep it's not asking much just get some foldable chairs yeah uh, i i i this is what i expect if you're going to do like bare minimum right i show up there's mm-hmm. a holding space for us chairs uh maybe some coffee um mm-hmm. No, definitely coffee. And then light food doesn't have to be anything fancy. It could just be even be some snacks. Couple, just have like no. a table with like some refreshments and yeah. like 
a bowl of some fruit, some packets of crisps, some chocolate. Yeah, perfect. Perfect. Yeah. yeah. It's and and it's and it's the bare minimum, isn't it? You wouldn't mm-hmm. think it's difficult, but people just don't a lot of the time. Like on that well, one. What this is the thing that annoys me so much, Giuseppe, is like I see productions all the time. And like I'll give you I'll give you a good example, right? So big feature film, right? They're they're advertising to pay like the Thanks first. Not name. Say it by name then. Yeah, I, d- I won't. Don't worry. Oh, yeah, but yeah. It, it was just some <laughs> random throwaway thing. It was like a feature film. Uh, first AD is getting paid like a thousand, and they're advertising that, and then all the rest of the roles unpaid, <laughs> unpaid, nothing. Wow. And I'm like. I'm sorry, but if you've got a budget to pay all of these things, but you can't be asked to pay this, I don't want to, like, I'm sorry, but I don't want to hear, oh, we don't have the budget for this, but we're just doing this. Da, 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 da. Like, yeah. like the only time I think that's acceptable is if no one's getting paid and this is a pure passion project and you've said that, or, yeah. you know, you're a bunch of students and you've got nothing to offer, but you know, even students a lot of the time will at least offer like some refreshments. Like yeah. I, the amount of times I've heard like, Oh, sorry, we don't have anything to give you because we don't oh. have the budget. Like what? So you can't afford, I mean, fuck me. I could do a budget 20 quid for like what? Uh, 10, 10 extras. Right. And it will have like right. coffee and biscuits and a few bits for the day. Like that's, that's even, plenty even a little more 30, 40 quid, you know, eat like, and if around, like, even if it's a tiny little student production or like a short yeah. film, you know, have a whip around fiver from each person involved in the crew that funds that, you know, five is not, yeah. it's not, um, it's not a lot. It's just it's, things like, like BBC or channel four or whoever, like, and that one that the I was just talking about, like they, their refreshments table, um, which wasn't snacks, it was only drinks, tea and coffee, um, was outside, but you had to go through the room they were shooting in order to get to that. Like there wasn't another way around. So like we could go and access that, but only like only when they called cut. So like we'd you'd be like, oh, I'm gonna go get a coffee, go down the stairs and suddenly there's an AD like shh like can't come down we're shooting like you can't go through I'm like well like that's shit that, uh, that's that's what pisses me off because and I said this on the show with that uh with Dan but I just want to rant again <laughs> um like you can't do a production without extras and with uh, other crew like, like everyone is equal everyone has I don't care what people say like oh well you're not paid the same Da-da-da-da-da. well look you try doing a film or a TV show in a space where you're supposed to have people and you don't have those people now. Yeah. And you try to tell me that that doesn't look weird or out of place or whatever, right? You need those people. Well, that's and... the thing. Like the extras are so important to a lot of productions. And yeah. and I'm like, I know that like, I'm aware that the extras, you know, like, like, yes, you know, they're like, they're, they're, they're not as important in some ways as like, you know, you're not, like I don't go on an extra job and expect to be treated the same as like the actors. Like I don't like I know why I'm there. I'm, I'm there to do a job. Like I'm there to fulfill a service, you know, and that's fine. I'm not expecting loads, but also, you know, you can't make a scene work without extras in a lot of cases. And if all the extras suddenly walked out, yeah, like I know for a fact that Dan has walked out on but mm-hmm. a job before. I'm not. I don't know which one, but I remember him telling me the story when he was just like, "Right, I'm off. See," and they were like. They said like no, like you're not allowed. And he went, why? Like 
Well, that what he because he told it on the show, like oh, did he? Oh, right, they, yeah. they, they, they he hadn't signed anything. There was nothing yeah, they could that's do. That's it. He hadn't signed and anything. Then, I'm off. Yeah. What can you do? But to be to be honest, even if you have signed something, these are basic rights. Oh yeah. If I, if I was on a production and I wasn't getting like fuck it, you can charge me afterwards or something. I don't care. You're not getting to treat me like crap just because what I'm low on the pecking order. Like fuck no, you. No, no, treat people decently. Again, just, just like just be nice. It it's not hard, and it goes a long way. Just be a nice person. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, I don't know. A lot of a lot of productions somehow get it wrong uh, and can't do it. I mean, I've been on some nice extra jobs. You know, I've been mm. on some that are really fun. Um, you know, I was I was on that. I was on um, a gentleman in Moscow um, mm. last year, which uh, you know was was. It was quite fun. It was, you know, it's 1920s Russia, it's set, so you're in some interesting costumes. Um, and, you know, like one day um, I was playing a dead body um, and in, like, the middle of Heaton Park they dug this, like, big hole for, like, a mass grave and we just had to lie in it for the whole day and, like, get covered in fake snow and just and just act dead. And it was just, it was just, it was bizarre. Like, we were there... There was me and like four other like dead bodies lying on top of like actual fake corpses, like rubber dummies and stuff that they dress, but like we're close to the camera, so they've got to have us on top to look real. Um and in the middle of us is like one of the actors who's like lying there or like walking around, I can't remember. And and we were all having a laugh because she was like, This is weird, isn't it? And we're all like, Yeah, <laughs> this is this is bizarre. But, you know, it's just it's like stuff like that is fun because you have a laugh with the people, even the crew were laughing. And there was a bit of a, there was like this camaraderie, you know, everyone's kind of like in it together and everyone's making this thing. And, and yeah, it's, it's still fun. You know, you're still having a, a good time, even though you're there for, you know, you're a small cog in the machine, you're there to fulfill part of a bigger picture and that's fine. But like, it's still fun. And that's, that's, that's the main thing. So when it's like that, it's great. But um, unfortunately, extra work a lot of time isn't. A couple of final questions for you to round off today's show. What's the biggest mistake that you've made that you learned a valuable life lesson from? Ooh, um, I would say... <laughs> it's definitely been a couple of times in my professional life where I've like, under budgeted um and like not charge someone properly for the amount of work that i've been doing yeah that's and the then, one got and, then I, and then i've been like it, i've shot myself in the foot basically because then i've ended up doing way more work <clears throat> um than i thought i would be doing um but like it's my own mistake so I've, i'm like well i i'm just gonna have to do it i'm just gonna have to bite the bullet and you know i can't i can't contact the client and go oh you know what i didn't get to take this long uh i should charge you an extra 500 can you pay that please because they're gonna be like well no because what's let me ask you this what stopped you from charging like an extra daily rate or something like that like obviously you charge a flat fixed fee but let's say well, I, ch I charge i charge a day i charge a daily rate based on how many dates time based on how many days or how much time i think it's going to take to create something Okay. So it's it's never just like a flat rate. It's never like 
oh, well, this will cost you £500 or this will cost you 1000 It's always like, it's always taking time. It, it basically, it just always comes down to time. It's like, how much time do I think it's, it's going to take to do this? And I like set my prices um, at like, you know, there's like a base level. I remember looking it up online when I started. There's like a base. There's kind of basic prices that people start at in different areas. And so, uh, you know, I kind of set myself like not at the low end, but also not at the super high end. So still being competitive. Um, so, so yeah, that's, that's, that's how I've, that's how I've always pride myself. So it's just, you know, it, a lot of, a lot of it is just, um, trial and error. So like experiences like that, you know, just going, well, cause someone will come to you with an idea and you go, okay, well, I, you know, my experience with my, you know, knowledge, I think that's going to take X amount of time, which is going to cost X amount of money. Um, and then I, I've just, there's just been a few occasions where I've got it wrong, but it's already been agreed. You know, we're halfway through the process. So I've just had to go, you know, it's my own fault. Nice. No, it's a good um, thing to learn. For, I, it's one of the things I certainly learned from when I started freelancing, initially in marketing and then later on in, in acting, voice acting. Like, and even to this day, like I have to constantly be tweaking it and working on it and figuring it out and it's yeah this uh one of those things you have to kind of it's trial and error that's all it is yeah i think a lot of things are trial and error as well there's definitely other things that like you know i've i've messed up on either i don't know i don't think of an example right now but like there's definitely been times where i've you know maybe so i get something to someone on time and i've not because it's taken longer or like um, I've said that we could do something and then when it's come to the day, I've gone, actually, we don't have the equipment to do that or we don't have the time to do that. Um, and it's just, a lot of it's just trial and error because it's all, you're just doing it yourself. You're making it, you know, you're making it, you know, you're not like working with a massive company and you're like a part of it in the work that I've been doing largely with a few exceptions. It's like all coming from me and from my, business partner so it's just like it's just us so we've kind of just got to do what we think's best and a lot of time that works but sometimes it doesn't what's the best advice you've ever received Ooh, um <clears throat> i think just if something doesn't work you know try again and keep trying and at some point it'll work you'll figure it out actually that and um just like learning from mistakes i remember my college teachers uh you know when i did the film course just saying like you're gonna make loads of mistakes but that's just how you learn that's part of it you know again like i've just talked about if it's like with dealing with clients and, and money or if it's just like you think this shot's going to be look really cool. And you get to your edit and you go, Oh, that looks like shit. You know, you just, you've messed up the focus or, or there wasn't enough light or, uh, you're just too close, you know, and it doesn't work for the scene. You should have been further out. You just learn from your mistakes. Um, and yeah, just get things right eventually. Oh, and, um, and don't, and, uh, don't do, don't do a PowerPoint. I remember my college teacher saying, 
death by PowerPoint. Uh, no one wants to see it. What's wrong, with, what's wrong with PowerPoint presentations, man? Hating so PowerPoint, PowerPoint is fine. Death by PowerPoint is when you have things written on your PowerPoint and you stand there in front of the PowerPoint and you read out exactly what's on screen. I remember our college teacher, like on the first day of the course, saying, "Like if you do this, I will just like turn it off." Like. But- but that's how every person I've ever met ever does a PowerPoint presentation. Exactly. And it's the worst <laughs> thing in the world. Dude, it's, it's... I, I can beat that. When I was yeah. at uni, there was a course that I did uh, in like second year. It was like a foundation course before you go and do your like specialisms. Hmm. And um, we clocked pretty quickly that basically, because a lot of the courses you'd have to like buy a book for the course and it's astronomically priced. Yeah. And they tell you like, if you don't buy the book, we'll fail you. And we, we use it in the seminars. So you end up buying it and, you know, it's a con. And obviously like the oh. person running the course wrote the book. So guys, don't be thinking that uni isn't a scam. It's a scam. Um, <laughs> they're just trying to get you to buy their books. <clears throat> But anyway, um, we go to this particular less lecture series and we clocked in the first like lesson or two that not only was this woman reading off the PowerPoints, but she was also reading directly out of her book. So essentially every lecture was one like read along session. Like you remember like when you're in English class as a kid and you just like read along, it was, it was that. And I was and and she spent the time writing all of the text on the powerpoints as well. Oh my so, god! So, which made the powerpoint pointless. Yeah, actually, the powerpoint was pointless because you could have just going along. Yeah. And also, just on a side note as well, any if you're at uni now, um, what are you doing? Sitting writing notes about what's on the powerpoint? You're not paying attention if you're just writing along to what's been written. Like the whole point of note taking is you write things that you're going to explore later, like important points, things that stand out. You know, because mm-hmm. all that information you can get from somewhere else. Also, recorders are your friend. Just saying. Oh yeah. Um, also, that, just... that that bad teaching is to yep. you know because you're you know, you're paying for someone to read out from a book that is in front of you. Yeah. So like, the, like people aren't going to retain that information just by being, having someone read it aloud. So it's like what I mean, death by a PowerPoint. People aren't going to retain that information because it's, we're reading what we can already see. So it's nothing new. So it's, it's boring. Right. You ready for the big one? Big one. Go for it. It's the biggest life lesson you've learned so far. to be prepared for podcast questions. <laughs> <laughs> and you were prepared, mostly. mostly. Um, nah, you smashed it, man. Biggest life lesson? Like, it's probably a boring answer, but again, just going back to, like, you know, things go wrong and it's okay. Yeah. Um, you know, I and that and, all, and also, like, you know, we're always learning. I think I, um, I think everyone is always learning, and I don't. Th- I think it's, I think it's a bad sign when someone says that they've like learned everything they can about something. You know, oh no, no, I know, I know everything about that. Like, that's it. Like, I don't need to. I, like, there's nothing else to learn. Like, there's always something else to learn. There's always more to get from something. 
um, whether it's a specific thing like like filmmaking or acting or uni lectures, you know, teaching, um, or just like life, you know, um, to get more deep. Like, like my mum always says that, you know, she still is figuring it out. She's 56. She's still, you know, she still hasn't got it sorted. Cause I don't think anyone ever has, but everyone's still just like making it up as they go along to some extent and everyone's learning new things. Um, so yeah, I think, I think when you're younger, um, and growing up, there's an expectation that, you know, oh, when I'm an adult, I'll, I'll, I'll know it. I'll know it all. I'll, oh, that's, that, that's when things will click. And you become an adult and then you, after a few years, you're like, ah, oh, maybe this is just what it's like. Maybe I, like, I don't have it all figured out. And, and I don't think anyone ever does. I think, I think you're, you're just always learning and you're always, there's always going to be little challenges here and there. And that's just, that's just, part of life and part of especially part of this industry completely agree and i think the biggest thing you can learn if you're young listening to this watching this and you're worried scared for the future most important thing i could say with regards to that is trust yourself trust the process and most importantly know that you will get through it and that you'll figure out a way because like giuseppe said we are always figuring it out wondering a lot of the time when i go into a new situation and i don't know what's going to happen how it's going to go i just kind of go fuck it um it'll be all right i'll figure it out i went through this this was way worse you know like that's kind of like how i go into things and you know sometimes it's a shit show and you learn something from it or sometimes it's you're surprised and it goes really smoothly or you know there's always something a lesson an experience whatever you know definitely definitely and always always um say yes to something and then figure out how you're going to do it. Don't turn down an opportunity because I mean, with, with exceptions. Yeah. Cause I heard someone did that about flying and I'm like, mm, no, you still need yeah. to learn to be a pilot. Like that seems pretty important. I think use your common sense. If someone's <laughs> yeah. like, you know, this role involves horse riding, you know, you're going to charge into a battle on a horse. Have you got experience horse riding? Don't say yes if you haven't, but like, <laughs> no, there's, yeah. there's been so many things where I've like, I've taken a, I've taken a role or applied something, you know, because it's like, do you have experience in this thing or do you have experience using this camera or, you know, like we want someone who's got producing experience, you know, I've not really, but I've got, there's things I can take that, you know, so say yes and then figure it out later. Final question. Do you have any upcoming projects or final thoughts that you'd like to share with our listeners? Um, I don't know about final thoughts. Um, other than what I've already said, in terms of upcoming projects, yeah, got Chalk Chips. Uh, got a release date? Which you star in? Um, not a release date yet, but it's definitely it's definitely soon. Um, it's I'm in the process of doing all the post sound, so that's the thing that's taking the most time. It's very tedious because I'm having to do a lot of foley. You have to <clears> record <throat> crunching sounds. Literally recording footsteps and syncing them up to people's movements on the screen. Oh, mad. Okay. Um, but yeah, that's coming along well. So, you know, um, for anyone who doesn't know, it's a short gangster crime comedy, um, written by, uh, Andy Wynn and, uh, directed by me and him as well. Um, so that's coming soon. Then there's, um, Emma's film first for everything, which, um, 
not sure when that's going to be released, but again, just working on that. Um, and then starting this new film, um, which, you know, is very much at the, at the beginning of production, but um, very, very excited to be working on uh, Vanishing Cabinet. Again, yes, of course. Yeah, that'd be a lot of fun. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to that. I think it's going to be great. Anything that you're planning to do this year, though, that you're headed? Um, I've got a few very vague ideas. Um, again, with it being January and with me, you know, starting a new job and and uh, being in the midst of, like, a few different projects, I'm mm. not kind of... I've not got any solid ideas right now. Um, but I've got a few ideas kind of floating about of things I, like, I want to do. Um, I'd love to do a horror film again. Um, so I really want to try and I might, I might try and get horror film off the ground in the summer, maybe um, see if I can do something very small, but cool and get it released in time for Halloween. That'd be fun. Um, I know I'm going to work on another film with Dan. One of the mm. um, That's I guess a bit of a horror, actually it's a sort of psychological kind of thriller thing. I know he's been wanting to do that for a while, so I think we're going to work on that this year. Um, and then there's another film that I want to write, um, a kind of coming-of-age kind of drama set in Manchester. But, cool. I mean, that's, that's for, I mean, I haven't even written it yet, so that's probably very far in the future. But I definitely want to start writing that, and then maybe that'll come to fruition this year. Maybe it'll take a couple of years, I don't know. Um, so, yeah, there's a few things in the pipeline. Best of luck, man. It really sounds like an exciting year and Thank uh, you. I hope it goes well. Thanks. Um, I hope so. Well, same to you as well. Cheers, man. I appreciate it. Uh, no, I wanted to say a massive thank you for appearing on the show. I knew it was going to be good. It's been brilliant. Thank you so much for all your time, your stories, and just giving us an insight into you, man. <laughs> no, honestly, thanks for having me. I had a really nice time. Um, and yeah, I just hope, I hope I've made sense. I feel like I've waffled on in a few places. but You've smashed it, mate. You've absolutely smashed it. <laughs> Thanks, man. Well, yeah, it's been really fun. Really enjoyed it. Thank you. And to all the listeners of the Christian Reeve podcast, I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I did. If you did, make sure, if you're watching on YouTube, to like, share, and subscribe. Help spread the word. Share us around. Share us on, I don't know, Instagram stories, TikTok, wherever. If you see this pop up and you're like, oh, that's a cool clip, or oh, I liked this, or I just want to promote my boy Christian because I thought he did a good podcast, then do it. <laughs> um, no, it really, really helps us out. Uh, if you if you listen to the show on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, any other audio platform, uh, please make sure to leave us like a review or a rating, something like that. That can help us be seen on those platforms. Also, there's a website I've been pushing for a better part of a year now called Podchaser, which... My friend Vilma is kind of outlined as being like the IMDB of podcasting. So we're trying to push ratings for that. So if you enjoyed this show, please leave a comment and a review there. And uh, if you want to support me and my ability to do this show and live and everything else and chase, chase this crazy creative dream of mine, then go to patreon.com slash Christian Reeve and subscribe there and get yourself monthly bonus content, access to my Discord community and more. Thank you so much for watching and listening, and I'll see you all in the next one.